0: Brzezinski was the strategist for Jimmy Carter and convinced Jimmy Carter to say, look, uh, the Russians are dominating uh, Afghanistan with a civilian secular government. Let's create al-Qaeda. Let's uh, back Osama bin Laden and give his supporters weapons to begin fighting the Russians and uh, we can pull a coup d'etat there and uh, the Russians will fight back and then we'll say the Russians invaded. And it worked. Saudi Arabia made a deal with America that they would push the Wahhabi uh, extremists, uh, the Al-Qaeda, the most right-wing wing wing of Islamic parties, and it worked. Uh, Essentially, Al-Qaeda is a contract army uh, for the United States. Well, the same thing was happening in, in Russia. What Brzezinski wrote was that America is faced with a possibility of not being able to rule the world unilaterally. Any country's economic ability to be self-sufficient means a uh, po- potential military power. And in order to prevent any country from threatening America militarily, you have to prevent it from developing economically. Uh, the American nightmare, Brzezinski wrote, was that Russia would get together with Germany and with Western Europe, creating Russian raw materials, German industry, and somehow finally Russia would become westernized. Uh, America, uh, under Brzezinski's uh, strategy, said this would be a disaster because if Russia is westernized, if it becomes democratic, if... if uh, uh, Europe and Russia are prosperous, then we cannot control them anymore, and they will have no reason to be NATO. We've got to stop Russia, and the place to stop this Russian-European uh, conglomeration is to split it right at the border uh, down Ukraine. Let's do in Ukraine what uh, we did in Afghanistan. Let's uh, back the crazies. Well, most of them are uh, the, the former uh, neo-Nazi groups that have been uh, uh, so prominent that fly the Nazi flag.
1: Our народу and our держави. I, as President and as the Supreme
2: I admire the fact that you will fight for your homeland.
1: your fight is
2: our fight. be the year offense.
1: 2017
2: will be the year of
1: offense.
2: All of us will go back to Washington, and we will push the case against Russia.
1: Enough
2: of a Russian aggression. It is time for them to pay a heavier price.
1: you asked, how can it be? It can be because Donbas, in що is a region Ну, це не просто депресивний регіон. Розумієте, там настільки великий комплекс таких грона проблем. І Головніше, наприклад, тому, що там просто дика кількість абсолютно непотрібних людей. Повірте, я абсолютно свідомо про це говорю. От, якщо брати навіть чисто Донецьку область, там приблизно 4 мільйони населення. Що не менше мільйона півтора, там просто зайвих людей. Прошу, і... хочу сказати, нам не треба розуміти Донбас, нам треба розуміти взагалі український національний інтерес. А Донбас треба просто використати як ресурс. Які треба, відповідно з приводу розуміння Донбасу, мені здається, що ну, в мене немає зрозуміння жодного рецепту, що тут можна зробити швидко, але ем, найголовніше, що треба зробити е, в даний момент, е, як це там жорстоко не призучить, є, є певна категорія людей, яких треба просто вбити.
3: Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. i got a good show lined up for you in regard to some stuff that happened in Ukraine that I think is really, really relevant to a lot, including the COVID-19 conversation in ways you might not expect. But we're talking about today chemical weapon potential chemical weapon use and the reason that's being the 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 point or being discussed as the point as opposed to biological weapons are because of what some of these experts and people that are aware of how these things work and how they're utilized are watching the video we're going to go into and, and describing what they see and why this would be most likely a chemical weapon but this is a really big important conversation because every single war i mean Invasion, occupation, however you want to call these things. And I'm not talking about Russia's occupation of Ukraine. I'm talking about the actual occupation here, the U.S. government occupying Ukraine and and, and the regime change that happened there long before this ever happened. The, the point is, in any one of these situations, Syria, Afghanistan, Palestine, for example, you can always show examples of chemical weapons use, whether we're talking kind of the early, most obvious example of white phosphorus, which is still a war crime used illegally almost every place you look and they just pretend something else and the media ignores it, you'll find examples of some pretty severe things, especially in Palestine, occupied Palestine. What we're going to get into today is what what looks like a chemical weapon that was used on Russians, but overlap that with some things that we've seen that are very interesting, the way that they react, the way that their bodies are moving. And then on top of that, discuss you know the important conversation that are the biolabs, which are again, easy to prove to you yet again today that do exist in Ukraine. Just because they decide to call them not dangerous, dual-use biolabs, they're still biolabs. It's just the game they play with the words and how they can be used. And yes, they can be used both ways. That's exactly what Victoria Newland admitted. When Russia has them, then they're dangerous. But when Ukraine has them, then they're just peaceful tools. It's kind of a ridiculous game that they play. But we're also going to talk about this overlap. Interestingly, with Maryland, of all places, And the reason I say that is because of the earlier conversation overlaps with Ukraine. It's interesting of how there's a white supremacy attack or at least a planned white supremacy attack on the power grid. Because, you know, as much as those things don't seem to like make sense to be, it's interesting how this is being forced in. But this is what I've been calling or rather they originally called the vanilla ISIS problem. It's I've called the vanilla ISIS psyop because that's what it seems to be. And discussing how this is tied to the Autumn Waffen Division, Autumn Waffen Division which I've shown you already, which you all should already know is tied to who you can, you guess the Azov movement tied directly then to, and, and what's interesting is we know the Azov movement completely funded, backed and controlled as I would argue from the CIA in the United States, which I can prove to you today, again, for the thousandth time with the CIA's own documentation is tied directly to the rise above movement, which was the beginning of Charlottesville, the white supremacy MAGA problem. That was the rise above movement marching with those torches. That is the international arm of the Azov movement. But interestingly enough, the Adam Watham division is connected to both of those groups, as well as the Russian imperial movement. And I'm going to show you again how this is not even remotely what they're trying to make it into. This is a controlled psychological operation. And if something did or was going to happen in Maryland or other places... At the very least, that's complicity of the CIA involved with all of this. Just like you can argue the U.S. government is complicit, just like you heard him discuss in the beginning of the show today about, about Afghanistan and everything else. Complicit with the very creation of al-Qaeda and everything else that happened thereafter. As Ben Swan's documentaries pointed out, as James Corbett's documentaries have pointed out, it's the same entity we're dealing with today. And we're going to go over this vanilla isis psyop and how alarming this seems to be building, how alarmingly it seems to be building. We're going to talk about a... Over the overlap into the COVID 19 conversation, in fact, with a bill in Maryland, interestingly enough, about uh, uh, children being vaccinated without parental consent. Still, this is still happening despite all of what we just discussed, despite the article in cell.com from Fauci and some others basically admitting the entire vaccination campaign just it's, it didn't, it failed. They didn't use the word failed, but they argue that the the entire structure, not because of anti-vaxxers, not because of variants, but because the structure of the vaccine they created isn't working the way that they thought. And yet they're still doing stuff like this. They're still forcing this. And that's not even to talk about all the serious adverse events or everything else that can go along with this or that the bivalent shot that they're focusing on now causes more serious adverse events, less effective. Every other thing we could point out is problematic. Not even getting into the... I mean, it, it, the whole thing is falling apart on its face, and yet they're still arguing that we're going to let children decide to have this because we can convince them more than you. Then we're also going to get into a quick part about the emergency use authorization. I think that's important to follow up on because of something else that was just said in a, a uh, the FDA commissioner just said in front of Congress. It, it's just, It's going to, I mean, it's exactly what we just talked about, but it's kind of shocking to hear. Then we get into it, the, the latter half, the pretty much the last part of the show, a combination of two things, which is really, really concerning to me. And that is that there was a vial, a COVID 19 injection vial that was dropped and broke in a reasonably small area, but it was a kind of a sectioned off area with six different rooms, but it was a smaller area sectioned off for vaccinations, for injections. And I, I think the percentage, I think, I think it was 11 or 15 out of 20. That's what it was 15 out of 20 ended up having ocular erosion. Or rashes break out on their body just from being in the same room as one of these vials that broke. I mean, just reflect on that alone. If this thing has the power to cause a rash to break out on your skin from being in, in a general area after it's become aerosolized, which is what they discussed, just by being in the room. Are we going to pretend like that wouldn't do exponentially more damage inside your body? You guys can decide for yourself as always. This is actually from 2021, by the way, which just continues to show you how much is out there that they're not even beginning to show you. And then we'll finish with the cancer connection to all of this and how CNN and everybody else is acting like we're just so baffled by the rise in cancers and children. Baffled, I tell you, baffled. And we'll get into the turbo cancers and the ridiculous overlap of lymphocytopenia and all of which you can directly tie back to the injection. Not to prove that's all of it. Of course, because we're not ridiculous like that. We'll argue that it could be part of it. I would argue most of it based on what we can see. But, that the, but not a single mention of this obvious overlap in any of the conversations coming from corporate media. But how we can see this unprecedented rise in almost everything. Excess mortality, cancers, everything. And they just dismiss it. Despite all the peer-reviewed science I'll show you that says this is possible. They just don't want to talk about it. Which shows you everything you need to see. But let's start today with the Ukraine conversation. And this chemical weapon use is what it appears to be, which was posted on Ukrainian channels, by the way. So even if you want to pretend like this, I mean, as, as always, question everything. Anything could be altered, faked, manipulated, even coming directly from sources you trust or that you think you can prove. That's always that's why we say question everything. doesn't mean you dismiss things. Just question it. All of it. The point being, even if this is something you think is not real, if it was posted by Ukrainian personnel on Ukrainian military channels, Telegram and otherwise, What does that tell you? Are they trying to fake that they killed Russians with chemical weapons? I mean, you can look at it for yourself as we get into it. Either way, this is relevant. This is why I think it's important to talk about. Now, But I wanted to start with one thing before we got into that. Now, this is a video that you've all seen. Or not like this particular video, but just these videos. Now, I'm not suggesting I can say one that I know this is absolutely a real thing. And what I mean by that is that this you know, that this wasn't just set up by somebody filming it for their own purposes because sort of like the magnet conversation, right? Early on, we saw all sorts of magnets and people sticking to their arms. Weirdly, we don't see that much anymore, right? But nonetheless, whether or not all of it was fake, some of it was real, none of it was real. The point is that I was, I proved to you on this show that there was a very interesting overlap with what they call magnogenetics, just like the graphene oxide discussion, right? I I proved to you that yes, with all the scientific studies, this is a real conversation. Now, does that prove it's in this injection? Well, no. And I do think there's still a conversation to be had there about now going forward over before. Nonetheless, it got dismissed as some kind of lunacy. How can it be ridiculous and fake if it's literally being written about in real time peer reviewed science as the next step? Same thing with the magnets. I showed you the look. There is actual scientific precedent for why that might be possible. And yet they acted like we were ridiculous. So I'm not saying you can prove that all of it is anything. I tend to think that there's some of these things that then get manipulated by the media coverage. Or just manipulated by more, you know, people make fake videos and it gets overwhelmed and then people dismiss the ones that were real because too many of them are actually fake. This is what we talk about. Question everything, guys. My point in this is that I don't know. But I do know that I've seen a lot of this. I've seen a lot of videos all over the world of people doing this weird thing where they look over their shoulder, they spin around, they collapse, and they die. So One of them, there was a, a, a pretty popular, famous one, I should say, where somebody fell on a train track. Now, my point is saying is, again, that I don't know if this is connected to the injection or 5G or whatever else people are arguing. I don't know because we're objective. I'll tell you that we can't prove it. So I just say I don't know. But it is nonetheless an interesting timing overlap with the injections that we can clearly show you cause all sorts of unprecedented problems, heart problems, neurological problems. I mean, everything that would you could potentially argue would look just like that. Possibly. That's all I'm trying to say. Now, that is interesting to me because... This is kind of a, a building conversation of people that are pointing this out around the world and trying to figure out what that might mean. And if there's an overlap and a connection between that and whether it's the mass administration of injections or some other correlation with this whole event, that becomes interesting to me only because of what I just saw. This and it, it could maybe I'm connecting dots that aren't there, but I just like to try to connect things and show the you know, connect the possibility that things we're seeing here might be connected to other things like foreign policy because I do see these as connected. Now, this is an account. Not for specifically these two events, but the idea of foreign policy and biosecurity, right? This is a, bo- a post that I saw from Don Bass Div- uh, Divushka, which was originally posted by Arthur, I'll show you next, Arthur Morgan. Ukrainians allegedly dropping chemical weapons onto Russian soldiers. Unpunished war crime, number, you know, whatever, 1, 600 they're just, you know, whether that's a joke or they're keeping tally, I don't know, but... This video is pretty. There's nothing graphic necessarily, but it's a little disconcerting to see, especially if it is what it appears to be. Now let's watch this first, so you guys can see it in its entirety. You can see the little you. But by the way, I for, I apologize for the absurd music because they, you know, this is the point. This was posted on a Ukrainian channel by Ukrainian personnel. Either if it's fake, they're still making fun of fun of people suffering, which is typical, in my opinion, from what I've seen from these kind of individuals. But this ridiculous, you know, cartoon music behind it. But you can also see the Ukrainian symbol of this regiment kind of floating around the video, which is what you tend to see on these kind of videos. So it seems to to be pretty clear. Now, let's watch this. Then we'll talk about it. Now, you can see they're walking in the river. Now, right there, something was deployed. Right, somebody's saying a nerve agent, which would fall under the category of a chemical weapon, right? Like sarin or something like this. Now, th- this, you can see they deploy something right there. Right there, right there, right to the left of the shore. It falls off of whatever, whatever they're filming from, and it explodes right by them on the ground. Now, I-, I actually missed that the first time I watched it. I was wondering why it looked like they were already wreathing in the water before this larger canister is deployed. But that's clear, just so we can see it again. There's very clearly something deployed right on top of them. Right there. Boom. Explodes right over.
2: Now you can see them start to act funny. One guy's kind of falling.
3: He's trying to pull him. Now you can see them just twitching, essentially. I'm just going to turn the music off. I'm sorry about that. It's so stupid. Now, that, that, now, right there, you can see them already struggling, right? So they're already dealing with whatever just got deployed. Then you can see this very clear canister get thrown. Now, I don't know if there's experts out there that might be able to tell just by that what that might be. But this was deployed and and exploded, and then it gets a little more, you know, intense. Now you can see them twitching. Now, you know, this is hard to watch, guys, just because this is pretty messed up. You know, this is, by the way, this is a war crime. There's no way around this. It doesn't matter how bad you think the Russians are, how good you think the Ukrainians are. This is illegal, no matter who does it so this is what we're dealing with now this this is real i mean clearly what this is something that happened now whether or not this was manipulated altered fake that's for you to decide for yourself but I, we've already have numerous examples of this kind of stuff being done by the ukrainians for sure but the military or rather the manipulators on the ukrainian side but this and i mean just the, the music you know <laughs> They're saying in Ukraine, the, the lyrics about drowning, right? So they're essentially making fun of, of this horrific situation, right? So the, this is what it looks like. Now, my only question actually is whether or not you would wonder if this is a biological weapon or a chemical weapon. Because it's interesting that we have bio labs the discussion within Ukraine and whether that might be something, but you know, because just because that's the focal point of the conversation right now of gene therapy and biological labs and bio bioethics and biosecurity, you still have the the looming problem of chemical weapons and all sorts of other war crimes that the U S government has been prominent in using around the world. And this is, this is a, a horrific reality. Now to go back to the videos themselves, this is Arthur Morgan. Where this is where this is, he's the one that founded on these channels, for celebrating them using chemical weapons on Russian soldiers. Now, after the release of the canister, the men appear to have uh, spasms, neurological complications. The whole video is set to a sarcastic tune about drowning. Now, this is the shaman group making the canisters and attaching them to drones. Uh, claims this is for Russians in Bakhmut. Okay, this is January 12th. Watch it for yourself. Now, this is the guy right here. Now, okay, you all this stuff, guys, is something you can confirm the individuals. You can see them routinely being shown in other Ukrainian videos. Like my point about this is this is impossible to deny that they're at least involved, whether they're faking it or not. That's for you to decide. But think about how willfully the corporate media will pretend that this is not without even looking. It's sort of the way that they dismiss veyers. They don't actually investigate. They just go, oh, it's unverified. So fake. So in the same way they do with this, they go, oh, this is, you know, I can't tell for sure, so I'm not even going to look at it. Aren't you a journalist? Isn't it your job to vet the, oh, yeah, but who cares though, right? Because we don't want to look at that. So here's this video showing them doing the, the point is on the main video, image I use for the show today, there's differences between the canisters that look like they're dropping and then whatever they're using these drones for. But the point is, it's the same individuals in the same discussion and the same channels posting similar videos. So here is the group showing you what they're working on. Now, I'm going to go ahead and argue that those aren't, you know, canisters that are probably being put together in Ukraine. Just to, just a guess those look like, you know, I doubt they have the facilities to produce those kind of things and fill them in Ukraine right now. With What's going on? Who's helping them? Where are they coming from? I probably don't even need to guess. Where do you where do you think all those drones are coming from? You know where the U.S. government sent many of them. I mean, I'm sure they're coming from other places too. But if they sent one, then they're complicit. And we know that doesn't it matter. That's, that's a provable fact. Today. I mean, you can't look at Lindsey Graham and McCain standing there talking about in 2017 Saman, that they're going to war with
1: Russia. Fire, now look at these, and don't
3: forget what we saw at Farm Bio or what was it? Uh, Farm Bio Test. Was that what it was called? I'm forgetting the name. Of, remember me in the chat what the name of that company was, where we saw a video where when Russia took the took one of these labs that were being used in Ukraine and went through and found all these really suspicious chemical, you know, all these weird like things that weren't supposed to be being done there. Now, yes, Russia could have faked that. That's always possible. But just think about what we're seeing and think about what we know they've already been caught for doing. So, yeah, they still could fake it, but that doesn't mean we can see that they are responsible for some of these things. That doesn't mean we should assume it's real, though. Even if it, because Russia is very much capable of faking these things, just like the US government or anybody else. Always important to consider. But look at that overlap. Interesting to me. This one more so,
1: actually.
3: All right, now the next one. Oh, and before I go to the next one, actually. As they're all laughing in the background with the Ukrainian flag on it. I'm interested to see what these things say, by the way. If anybody reads Ukrainian, it's whatever they'll say on the flag. But to go back to this video, not to dwell on this because it's hard to watch, but if you know, my point is just to think about how they're twitching that, you know, like that. Does there any overlap to you guys in your minds with what we're seeing on these people collapsing? Just a thought, really, like just a kind of completely surface level thought. I thought that's interesting to think about that if we're seeing this, is that also some kind of test? Is it more involved? It's not wrong to ask questions, as much as they really don't like it. (laughs) That's the point. It's 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 necessary to ask, especially the uncomfortable questions, or even just to ask a question into the dark. Who knows? Could this be connected? There's nothing wrong with that. Now, here is the next video.
1: Boom, Jaga, Jaga, Shaman Group. What's
3: up? We're going to have an answer for for for
1: soldar.
3: Interesting, he says all of this is going to fly on your sick heads pedos. So what well, that's interesting. What's your what's your take on that? Is he talking about the Russian government? Russians in general? And and, and where is that rooted in? Like that's an interesting comment.
1: Shaman she's a threat Shaman 36
3: or 63rd Battalion or whatever it says. Okay.
1: Someone she's a threat of Rada, Krasunchi.
3: By the way, the whole time you can see on their shoulders. When they're working, like when they're sitting down, you can see that he's got a Ukrainian flag on
1: his
2: arm. <laughs> right there,
3: see? He's got a Ukrainian flag on his arm. Just so we're clear that this is Ukraine, <laughs> <he's been> <laughs> Ukrainian flag.
1: Light <My God's> attack.
3: <laughs> Those are the same things we saw at the other lab, the other bipharmal lab. <laughs>
1: Malphara,
3: Dobre. What exactly is a Molfar? It says, a is a person with purported magical abilities in Husko culture. U, he's a, he says Ukrainian magicians. That's interesting. So I wonder what they mean by that.
1: Obviously, Ukrainian colors on there. Добрий день, ебади! Мадяр на зв'язку. Хочу подякувати всім дотичним до проекту створення народного дрону Камікадзе Мольфар. Таким адяра широко почали застосовувати її при виконанні бойових завдань. Окремо, хочу подякувати нашому інженеру Сашу Туркову, відомому в наших колах як Рама. Подякувати інженеру-шаману 63-ї бригади за виконання якісних бойових частин. Подякувати сталевим шершням з Бучі і Ірпіня, що забезпечують а нас БК. І безумовно всім, хто долучився для збору коштів на створення цього продукту. Продукт створений, випробований, пішов уже в наклад. І наразі сотнями, а в подальшому я впевнений тисячами, підлягаючи модернізації, Але в бойових умовах буде застосовуватися по ворогу, в альтернативу тим вогневим засобам, які у нас наразі є, разом до перемоги.
3: Very, very telling. So this is not happening at all if you listen to anybody in the corporate media. So... As it says here, second video from the shaman group bragging that the canisters are all ready to deploy. So we're not just talking about kamikaze drones. They're using those drones to execute some kind of chemical attack. Experts suggested that they're filling, they're they're filling is a cyogen chloride. These canisters are intended to be dropped into the positions of Russian soldiers, completing the encirclement of Bakhmut. Now, realize that if these were to be used, what else could Russia do but respond in some kind of, you know, over... That's a... Something that would be hard to prove in real time, but they would have to respond to, right? And then what would happen? Well, then the U.S. government pointed at their actions and argued that they need to do more. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You get, you, just like you never saw in Syria, the government is not going to come out and say, yes, the people we support just use the things that we're accusing Russia of. That will never happen because these are not honest people we're dealing with. Cyanide, uh, cyogen chloride is a close relative of hydrocyanic acid. It is heavier than air and spreads along the ground. It is not difficult to get in the Ukrainian chaos. The victim loses consciousness and falls. Gas masks not always help. Antidotes will not be available in the field. Seems to line up. Now, here is the guy we talked about, Robert Madar. Uh, it says, uh, a commander of the separate tactical aerial reconnaissance group is the main person behind this operation in development and use of drone delivered chemical weapons. You think people like this will ever stop using their own? You are blah, blah, blah. So the point is, <laughs> this is what seems to be happening on the ground. And they're completely okay with that. As long as it's not something that is drawn back to the U S government. And even then they probably just ignore it anyway. But here is the U S department of defense fact sheet just so we're clear about this on June 9, 2022 it says ukraine has no nuclear chemical or biological weapons programs but again first of all it's, it, despite the fact that they're openly asking for nuclear technology from you know the nato and so on or the us the un is not aware of any biological weapons programs don't you love how that's framed so if they'd no program then we are not aware of any biological weapons programs What's well, interesting seeing as how they very clearly have all of the pieces, all the trappings to make this happen. They just they just call it a peaceful program. Therefore, it's not right. Sort of the reverse of what they do to Iran, where Iran is provably, repeatedly, repeatedly by the IAEA being shown to not have a nuclear weapons program. Now, yes, they continue to increase that enrichment, which I don't even know where that's at, at this point. because There's so much else going on, but they were only increasing that because that was the exact agreed upon action if the U.S. failed its agreements under the JCPOA. So then they break off the deal and then Iran does literally what it says they're supposed to do in the agreement. And they go, oh, my God, look at what they're doing. Like, think about how ridiculous that is, first of all. But the point here is it's in reverse. They're, they're calling it a weapons, even though you can prove that it's not. In this case, they're calling it not, even though and both go both ways with when you were talking about biological and chemical weapons. Now, nuclear is a little bit different. Because you need to actually have the enriched, you know, enough enriched material to then begin to make, you know, the point is they're not even close to having enough material to begin making the bomb to then execute it. It's different. But with these kind of things, just like we've seen with the U.S. government, the BSL-4 labs, these bio labs, they're called dual purpose because the thing they have in their hand can be used to study, but can also be used to hurt people. And what we've seen throughout history, even their studies continue to hurt people. But here's the most important part has no biological program. It says the United States providing support to 46 peaceful Ukrainian bio laboratories. Okay. So just the only reason that they repeatedly state they do not have a weapons is because they say it's a peaceful program. That's it. So the, the Ukrainians that we just saw using chemical weapons, are we going to pretend that they wouldn't use these peaceful chem- biological material to do something bad? Of course not, because the U- U.S. said so. It's a, it's a simple choice to not see the problem there. But they just they have admitted to that many. Despite when you bring despite when if you bring this up, they call it fake news. Because even if you say, if you just said 46 biolabs, they would push back on that. And here's my point about that. Biolabs are simply a biological laboratory. That's it. It doesn't mean dangerous. It doesn't mean well in the context of how they see it. It does all it means is you're working with biological material that could be completely benign, or it can be chemical biological weapons, or rather, biological weapons. So my point is. They don't like the word because it's associated with what we're talking about today. So that's why they say laboratories. But when you call it biolabs, they freak out. On top of that, realize how dumb it is that on top of those 46 labs that are biolabs, because they work on biological material, they also gave them extra mobile laboratories, which are nothing if not biological laboratories. Ukrainian Ministry of Defense received four mobile laboratories that's what we need, right? Neo Nazis with movable bio labs, right? Uh, with, with the goal of reinforcing the system of epidemiological surveillance of the armed forces of Ukraine. That was on April eleventh, twenty twenty, right in the beginning of all this. That's fantastic. So now they've got what? They, what was it? Forty six. So they They've got the uh, fifty total. Uh, if you want to count the four as as you know full labs, essentially. But the point is. That's a lot of labs that could in any moment be turned or already are being used for weapons purposes, right? It's just silly to pretend otherwise when we watch what they're doing. But on top of that, you have Taiwan, which is really interesting to me that I'm only just seeing. Here's clandestine pointing this out. Interestingly enough, the U.S. biological presence in Taiwan, because this is what we were just talking about. Anywhere they have a presence, they are abusing that presence. The U.S. biological presence in Taiwan might be worse than Ukraine, according to the NIH. And I'll prove this to you next. I wasn't sure about this claim because I couldn't find it until I did some due diligence, which is what we all should be doing. You can't just take things at face value today. It's more dangerous now than ever. According to the NIH, which is correct, there are 1,251 biolabs in Taiwan. Think about that. Now, this is the reason I looked up the, whoops, the, I I may, I wanted to show you the definition of biolab because this is going to come into play with this point. 262 of which are private, great, including a BSL-4 lab, which means it works with the worst of the worst. It works with all of these things, Ebola, all of them, Co- coronaviruses for sure, which notoriously saw COVID-19 have an outbreak. That, that This very lab in Taipei had a COVID-19 outbreak because they were studying COVID-19 in 2020, I believe. Or is it 2020, 2021? We'll come back to it. Think about how dumb that is. So, just on the surface, you can see that it's certainly possible these people testing these dangerous things could accidentally let them out if that was even what accidentally happened. That alone is enough for them to, for all of us to stand up and collectively call for all of us to stop. And anybody dealing with this should immediately be held accountable, but that won't happen because this is everything to them right now. Now, the point though is you can see the images they use, but here is the proof of that that I, I found in this abstract post from 2017 Taiwan's public health national laboratory system very clearly there are 1,251 microbiological laboratories so if it's microbiological micro microbiology it's still biology so it's still a biological lab in a tiered system that addresses medical agricultural food environmental needs you could even argue that, plenty, that some of these might even be capable of doing the kind of things we're worried about. But it still is the point. There are still 1,251 biolabs in this country. There is also a national BSL-4 lab in northern Taiwan. So, so they for sure at least have one. I would argue it's plenty more than that, especially today, because this was a while ago, that they have a lab that works on the worst, most dangerous things that are very clearly dual purpose. There's no way around that. This is in northern Taiwan, affiliated with the National Defense Medical Center. So I just want to make sure we the so clandestine is right. I'm even seeing people in the chat like this, you know, call oh you're you know I don't know calling it out. And you know what I will point out that it's if you make a claim like this, I argue you should provide a source. I understand why you don't when it's a kind of a running thread, maybe. But for me, you'll always get a source. I think that's important today. Doesn't mean when they don't that it's necessarily malicious, but there's a lot of people out there doing that. I don't think with this account. I think he does a pretty good job on on a lot of the stuff. These threads, it's, it's important stuff. It says if the Chinese military are true in their displeasure in the U.S. biological presence in Ukraine, which is what they say, surely the U.S. biological presence in Taiwan right there is a main factor in their desire to reclaim Taiwan from U.S. deep state proxy activity. Now, I took another direction. Yes, that makes sense. But why aren't they talking about that? Right. If they're calling out what's going on in Ukraine, ask yourself why they wouldn't. Either that tells me that they're working together in Ukraine Right. And that's just a way to make it seem like they're divided, like they do with everything else. Or. I mean, that's I mean, that honestly, that just makes the most sense to me, because when they're not calling out what's happening in Taiwan, how do you explain that? It's right on their doorstep, if not within China, the way they perceive it. So the point is that that's potentially labs that could be tested, used, attacked in China, and they don't say anything about that. To me, that seems pretty obvious that, that at the very least they're aware of it and allowing it or involved. But it says, does everyone remember, and this is really interesting because I wasn't even, I remember hearing this, but I haven't brought it into the context of everything we know today. Does everyone remember the infamous COVID-19 infected lab mouse that bit a scientist and caused the COVID-19 outbreak or whatever that was of the BSL-4 lab in Taiwan? So a US funded lab has an, a, a random accidental, so we're told, bite leak kind of situation where lots of people get sick. And that's not a re- the reason, as he points out, what, this one didn't get much coverage. Well, gee, maybe that's because it completely raises the possibility that this could have been a lab leak. Interesting, isn't it? But he says, what was Pelosi doing in Taiwan that caused such a massive response from China and threats of militaristic retaliation? It's a good point. Given Chinese military's public and formal grievances for U.S. biological malfeasance, we have to consider the connection. But again, though, I, I do understand the logic there, but doesn't it seem more likely that that they would have been more outspoken about this if this was actually the threat. Like, why would they keep it secret if they're screaming about Ukraine biolabs? Why wouldn't they say that's why we had a problem with Pelosi? They're doing chemical weapons research or biological. It doesn't make sense to me, does it? No, or it doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. I know that. Trump has been telling us since before the Olympics, he says that China was looking to move to move into Taiwan. Well, that's not really prescient. That's that's a constant, obvious psychological game that's played between all of them, even though they are divided, which it seems is the case around Taiwan. Trump has hinted many times that Ukraine and Taiwan are similar situations to their respective parent countries. Isn't that interesting. Looks like Taiwan may be the deep state proxy as well. When, then when you think in terms of militaristic biological applications, Ukraine and Taiwan have the two most important things in common. Ukraine was formerly USSR, Russia, and Taiwan was formerly China. Seems more two-party illusion to me, meaning the citizens still have the same DNA to their parent countries. Why is it important? Because the advancements in U.S. micro and nanobiology allow for genetic specific biological weapons. That's important. That's a that's a topic that has really fallen to the wayside because of and this is what I keep talking about. Like I I was on Jason Burrish's show this morning and we were talking about the balloon to begin with. And my point was just like it just seems like there's so much more right now on the surface provable like crimes, huge stories. That we need to, fo- I mean, don't I mean, need to, you guys focus and do what you want. That's the point. But that as a general sense, the media should be harping on, as opposed to the overwhelming story that completely took all the air out of the room of this balloon. That's 99% hypothetical, subjective guessing. We don't know. Could it have been this? Could it have been that? Is that? I mean, Jason had some great points though, about what it could mean. My point though, is that we just don't know. So categorize that under interesting, important, wait for more information and then be like, Here's how they're killing children. Here's what they're doing in Ukraine. Proof. You see what I'm saying? And so it's interesting. So with this kind of topic, there's so much ra- more that we could see right now that we can like, literally prove. But we should not ignore the real interesting part about this, that right in the beginning, there was an overlap with a, with a genetically focused kind of concept where we saw overlaps between places like Iran and Italy. That as much as people didn't want to hear it, there is a clear genetic overlap there that goes back a long way. We also have the examples of these weird tests that were done that showed that specifically, and I mean like more than literally anything by like a factor of like 20%, had le- the, the one genetic grouping that had the least effect in all of this with Askenazi Jews. Now, I don't know what that means in the context. I know there's a lot of people that want to make it into something that could be. But my point is it wouldn't be a Jewish thing necessarily, seeing as how it's more a Zionist game. And there's plenty of Jewish people that even the Zionists don't like. But either way, it's still an interesting point to be made that there is obvious, in my opinion, efforts to make that happen. There's proof historically of them very clearly trying to develop bio-focused weapons where you could bomb an area and it would only kill certain kinds of people. Obviously, we can see why that would be beneficial to a military belligerent force. So that's interesting to think about. Right. He says here is Democrat Congressman Jason Crow speaking on the U.S. biological technology being developed to target people's DNA, uh, which I think this is the last one right here. And then he says, given the Chinese military displeasure with U.S. biological research, outwardly anyway, and capabilities, the entire country of China is at risk of directed biological warfare. So long as the U.S. has a biological foothold on Taiwan. So clearly, Clandestine sees this as China at odds with the U.S. I just question whether that's actually what's happening. So insert that possibility, too, and that's why you see my points. But these are valid points we made. It's certainly possible. Russia and China don't want the U.S. to have bio labs. We always thought it would be a nuclear arms race. These are just his opinions at the end. I think it's a great threat. It's interesting, right? And so we can show you and prove that, yes, he's correct. There very clearly are over 1,000 biological labs in Taiwan which is pretty wild. And all that means is it's just a biological laboratory. And it's interesting they push back on that term. But here's the bite that they talked about. And this is from uh, 2021, December. Playing with fire. Terrifying COVID lab leak feared to have infected dozens in Taiwan. Chilling echo of Wuhan. It's interesting. Official uh, Chen... Shi Chun of the Central Epidemic Command Center said the woman was exposed to the pathogen in mid-November. Now, think about this in the context of the vial breaking we're talking about here. Exposed to the pathogen. We, you know, we do know that there's a lot of this you know aerosolization conversation, whether we're talking about shedding as well. That's important. This comes amid claims that COVID-19 was initially leaked from a level four lab in Wuhan, something Beijing is strongly denied. Which, by the way, it's interesting. It's like th- that so has the U.S. really when pushed on the concept, but ultimately argue that it certainly could. You know, China is the one that kept things tight to the chest and so on. But they both seem to be kind of pushing back on the overall point. Maybe not specific politicians, but in a general sense, I would argue. Either this year, experts, earlier this year, experts from King's College London compiled a report titled Mapping Maximum Biological Containment Labs Globally in an effort to highlight the significant risks posed by the labs amid the pandemic the published paper and accompanying the interactive map, I'll show you next, shows the 59, 59 biosecurity lab, the BSL-4 locations. That's it. Now, what's interesting to me is we know that there has been, like, even their arguments about when the Soviet Union controlled these labs in Ukraine, that they were, they were high-level things like this. Or just because they then pretend they're peaceful and go over there and say, we looked at things, these are still the same things and they're still arguably doing the same kind of research. What's interesting to me Before we get to this is despite all these security efforts, however, there's always the fear that something could go wrong. Yeah. Why are we allowing that? (laughs) First point. But the point here is that you can notice that you'll see a lot of discrepancies. First of all, a basic U.S. map, you know, going back like 10 years, you can point to maps someone that used to be honest about their, at least what we thought was honest. You'll find that there are examples of labs all over the place, in particular in Russia, that they don't show you. That are there, that they've admitted to, but weirdly don't show up on this map. And here, by the way, just realize there's also BSL-3 labs. These are, the, what is showing up here is BSL-3 and BSL-4. Come on. <laughs> oh, that was there. There we go. Right, and so you can see, and then you also have animals. So the, the paw prints are animal labs, but they're bio, they're bio level four. So they're the same problematic research. Then you can see the difference. You can click biosecurity management. So basically showing you, you know, of course, the U.S. is 100% managed secure. This is funny. But then, you know, biosecurity. Well, look at what it shows you. Or wait, this one, uh, dual use. (laughs) Right, of course, because only Russia has dual use possibility. but, But over here in Canada, totally okay. Really? Even the US, it only shows what 65, 70%. So even they're admitting that they do. Either way, the point is this is such a childish representation. My dang it, this thing keeps killing me. Hold on. There we go. My point stay there is look at what's not there. They even admitted themselves they have BSL3 labs, they're not there. And they have animal labs. They've shown you that. They're not there. Why would they leave that off? Because there's a very clear effort to make sure we're not focusing on what's going on in Ukraine. Secondarily, are we going to pretend that Russia's got one lab in Moscow? Come on. That's also stupid. I know of labs they've admitted to that are. It's a weird game that's being played here. But overall, I can prove to you that there's way more labs than what they're showing here and what they pretend is going on. Africa entire. I mean, come on. I know that there are labs. Specifically, there is ones we've talked about in, I think it was Kenya. Either way. This is not the full picture, despite them pointing at this and going, this is the, our, our evaluation of the problem. Not only did they leave out Ukraine entirely, they also, and then, and then uh, Taiwan, we were just talking about. Look over here. I only see two. What do you see? So this is obviously not accurate. But either way, it's all the game. Because if it's going to look green over here, but red over there, when they're both doing the same thing, then we're being lied to. But either way, guys, I think we know that there's some high level concerning things going on and whether or not that was what this was, we need to ask. But the real question should be, even if we wanted to, you know that we won't get the truth. That's the concerning thing we need to come to grips with is that our governments, all of them are actively trying to control our perceptions, whether that's because of some lockstep great reset plan, or it's just because their own personal and separate, respectively different interests. Ultimately, their job is to keep you in the dark. We know that there's horrible things like this happening. So my concern is what's going to happen next and how long until that becomes you as the focus. Now, politically, that's already the case. And we do see a lot of terrible things happening that do wrap up individuals in, you know, U.S., U.K., whatever we're talking about, you know, in the home sense of who is listening right now. It's happening right now in places like Syria, Ukraine, Palestine. They're at home saying that's happening right now. 10 years, they've been dealing with their home situation, feeling like what we look at at the news. Think about that, nonstop. But we are seeing this build an internal point, like where they're selling where they're you, that you are the threat. You as a domestic terrorist, you as Americans, your neighbor, the guy standing next to you, the woman standing, there could be the next domestic lone terror, lone shooter threat. They, that, they want you to feel like the, the problem now is the person standing next to you. You know, maybe if they wear a red hat, maybe not. Doesn't matter, though. The point is division and fear. So here we continue. To, and I'm not even arguing that this might not be that this is false. Maybe there are actually these people that are actually thinking that they're actually doing this for white supremacy and to save the white race. Who knows? But what I can promise you is this is being used politically. And whether that means they're completely manufacturing it or taking advantage of when they happen is for, for, for you to decide. But both of those are happening whether that's this individual incident, that's for you to decide how this will connect. But I'm going to prove to you that the group they're connected to is directly tied to the very group that is funded by the CIA and has been for, I mean, I'm going on almost a century at this point. Neo-Nazi leader and girlfriend accused of targeting Midland or Maryland power stations. February 6 2023. And then of course, because that's always what they do, they updated it numerous times before the hour before had passed. Now it says duo accused of neo-Nazi plots. Atari. Why does that happen? I mean, I've never seen an article like this. It doesn't change the title, update multiple times, alter things. And the... That's not supposed to happen routinely. Now, there are those examples of articles that are kind of like a running timeline where they keep updating it, but that's not what these are supposed to be. But we all notice that's happened now. All of them do that. CNN, Fox News, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, Times, they all do it because they're constantly changing things, because this is no longer honest. It never was, in my opinion. But the point is the Autumn Waffen division. Right there. Autumn Waffen founder Brandon Russell, who we've talked about. It says, A neo-Nazi leader recently released from prison is accused of plotting an attack on the Maryland power grid with a woman he met while incarcerated. The charges against Brandon Russell... That's the guy we're talking about. Twenty-seven and Sarah, thirty-four. Gunfire at two North Carolina substations. Interesting, North Carolina. Just, these things stand out sometimes. In December, in December, left forty-five thousand people without power for several days. Obviously, the weird power connect. The whole thing with Italy having power outages. The weird intentional reductions of power for the great for the the green, you know, sustainable development goals. It's just very telling that everything, even the bad guys, are focusing on exactly what we think we should see by now that they want to happen. Right? They want us to think the power grid is susceptible. They want us to think the power systems we have are not sustainable. They want that. So whether this was designed like that or not, we should ask the question if this good, well, we'll let it happen so we can be like, oh, we need to fix everything. It doesn't matter how you look at it. It's very strange how everything's focused in the same direction. But it says... Most of the cases were, uh, remain unsolved, but authorities and experts say they follow increased interest among, I guess, specifically white supremacists in targeting infrastructure, electric and otherwise. Like I said this earlier, why does that make sense exactly? They don't even try to make a connection why specifically white supremacists want to stop, attack the power grid. Like what about people that are considering the the pow- the energy apartheid we're living in right now? What about those people? What about the guy that got a $3,000 energy bill and can't pay his, feed his family? What about that guy, right? No, no, no. It's only the white supremacists because they hate other races. And so that's why they attack the energy grid because that only affects those people. No, well, I don't know. Just take my word for it, right? That's, that's the whole sources. Trust me. That's what seems like they're doing here. But it goes on to say, if we can pull off what I'm hoping, the woman says, this would be legendary according to a court record. Because it just so happened she was speaking to a federal informant. Oh, there you go. It's almost like without fail, the stories we hear about these things also include an FBI informant. Maybe it's not that they're an informant. Maybe it's because they're manufacturing these events like even the New York Times has written about more than once. Because that's what's happening, guys. The FBI is constantly shown to create the very things they then stop. Because this is an entity that's never been in line with American ideals, freedom, freedom liberty this is an anti-american institution as far as i'm concerned and i've proven this many times over the, the fbi almost always has spoken to them 14 times on the record or, or done this or done that or failed to act over and over and over so even if you think it's they were doing their job and just missed it they still repeatedly seem to miss the, the main events that happen so it's either they're bad at their jobs or they're letting these things happen or they're building them and then trying to stop and failing or not caring my point would be in this example if they had been involved with this and they just lost track of them and then suddenly they carried out an attack. Do you think the FBI would stand up and be without you knowing they were even involved? You think they would stand up and be like, that was us, guys. We lost control of our game here and they killed people. Our fault. No, they would drift in the background and would never take credit for it over. That's happened more than you think. While, up, while supplying the weapons, while supplying the bombs easy to look up so she was speaking to a federal informant now was she aware of that was the federal informant aware of the brandon russell overlap with the cia connected groups are they all working together the point is they want you to think it's just an expert you know fbi agent who worked his way in and they're all bad guys and that's the reason we stopped it well that could be according to prosecutors their plan was to attack with gunfire which is an odd thing to say five substations gunfire that serve the Baltimore area, right? Because a bomb would be, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's some logic there. In conversions and conversations about the plot, according to court documents, you know, because they were speaking with FBI the whole time, because that makes sense, quote, described how there was a ring around Baltimore, and if they hit a number of them all on the same day, they would completely destroy the whole city. So one thing you'll notice throughout this article, it almost kind of works as a map, too. Right? Literally, read this article. It pretty much works as, if you wanted to do it, here's how you do it. (laughs) Great. Because it's almost like they want us to be like, ooh, I'm going to go do that. Because that works too, you know, if you just go do it yourself. Don't do that, though. One, because it's ridiculous, because it's dangerous and people will be hurt, but also because it's what they want from you, in my opinion. But it says, together, they are using every legal means necessary to keep Marylanders safe and to disrupt hate-fueled violence. When we are united, hate cannot win says the U.S. Attorney District of Maryland. Right, because attacking grids is about hate. I just don't understand the connection. But we're using every legal means. Well, of course, that means everything you don't want them to do. You know, tracking, surveillance, artificial intelligence, facial recognition. Those are all legal as far as they're concerned. Wildly invasive, unjustified, unconstitutional. They don't care. You know, either even though he's a U.S. attorney for the District of Maryland, it doesn't matter. We're using everything we possibly can to focus on these people, which means all of you simultaneously as well, because we think you could be one of them. That's the unspoken point there. When we're united, hate can't win. (laughs) What a dumb, childish, naive statement. What does that even mean? So that guy over there who hates you doesn't hate you anymore because you stand together. They, They are just these are just mindless statements that they want you to think make sense. Russell conspired to inflict maximum harm to the power grid the accused were not just talking but taking steps to fulfill their threats and further their extremist goals ah you see cuz words are violence it wasn't just words they were going to do bad the, the point is they they are it's they were going to they were taking steps to fulfill those threats but they hadn't actually done it yet the point is they're trying to connect the dots to say if you're talking about anything we say is bad now yes talking about murder and bombs well yeah that's obvious but when they start going oh but here's what he means Oh, you hear Ryan. Right. He said Zionist. We know what he means. Wink, wink. No, you don't. I meant Zionist. Right. This is the problem is they want to play this game and it's quickly happening. According to prosecutors, they used open source information. There's an attack on open source in general on the national infrastructure grid to pick five electrical substations around Baltimore that would, if attacked on the same day, create a cascading failure. Oh, take a note. Take a note. Right. When asked if it was possible that her daughter could have plotted to attack power substations, as the government alleges, the mom says she just she's just always been anti-establishment. It's like this is just classic, right? Because people that don't agree with what the government's doing are obviously terrorists, right? Russell, a former Florida National Guard member. And by the way, understand anti-establishment, even if you think like from my perspective, I wholeheartedly whole cloth, from, from from start to finish, do not agree with the government being in existence. To them, that makes me a wild, dangerous, white supremacist, lone shooter extremist, despite how stupid that is when you understand what I'm actually doing and what I say and what I believe in. The problem, though, is that they say anti-establishment means X, Y, and Z like they do anything else. But realize... Not only is it your constitutional right to think whatever you want, it's also your constitutional right to think that the government itself has gotten too powerful and it's all right to change that. That is what they're most afraid of, you see. And so when you're anti-establishment, you're anti their power. Russell, a former Florida National Guard member, of course he is. And this is the point we keep making is we'll get the overlap with the base and the now defunct group. But I still think it's relevant to bring into it the base, the, the, which is the translation of Al Qaeda into English, which was a former U.S. military member. National Security Clearance, who now lives in Russia and runs a white supremacy group, or did. Obviously, you can always see this military overlap. Russell, a former Florida military member, is the the founder of the neo-Nazi group Autumn Waffen Division, which attempted to use violent attacks to spark a race war in the United States. Experts say the group, while small, is dangerous because of its influence on the broader far-right movement to eschew politics and spill blood. Russell began talking to the informant while still in prison. Okay, wait a minute now. Didn't you just tell us that the girl was speaking to the informant while they were outside, but now he was speaking to the informant while in prison? Yeah. Can you not see what the guy... This is crazy. To me, Russell is an agent in this. That would be my guess. And that's my point about this. And he's a founding member of a a group that's being built up as some kind of rising problem that you can tie back to the Azov movement, which you can tie back to the CIA. You see the point? This is this is we're being manipulated, in my opinion. This guy is working with the FBI. This is my opinion, who then brings in this girl who is the scapegoat in all of this. And they're claiming that they are because she also has her ties to all of this. Speaking to the FBI and multiple times through this process, he was released in 2021. The decisions discussion, excuse me, of infrastructure attack allegedly began last summer. (laughs) Okay, perfect, perfect. Right about the time when he was speaking to the FBI about the big discussions and the focuses on the power grid and had great reset, maybe, you know, who knows. But going on, prosecutors say Russell recommended targeting Transformers because they are, quote, custom made and could take almost a year to replace. Well, there you go. What a clear gap in the system. Well, guess what? That will be the first thing they say. And that's why we need to make a new system. That's why we need to reimagine uh, imagine How we work with these... Oh, don't don't worry. Bill Gates literally just told you what he's going to do. He's going to build the underground systems, increase the transmission, and blah, blah, blah. We just heard that video, didn't we? He also said the attack would be almost... will be most effective after a winter storm when most people are using max electricity. Brian Harrell, who oversaw infrastructure protection at the Department of Homeland Security in the previous administration, said there has been a significant uptick in online discussion of grid attacks by what he called... Homegrown extremists. Right. So is that are they extremists because they're extremists or are they extremists because they're discussing the power grid and what they want to do to it? Now, if you t- understand, I'm, I'm being liberal. Like the point is, if there are they actually talking about attacks or is that how they're taking it? Because that's a parent important point. But either way, the point is that people are talking about the problems with electricity. People are talking about how severe, like imagine if your family is literally in some places dying of freezing to death. You're in the place where you're in the middle of a massive storm and they turn off your heat or vice versa. People can die from that or the food discussion. The point is you can understand how people get driven to extreme actions. And I'm not saying I agree with that, but they're, it's the same point we make with the Russia invasion of Ukraine. It's uh, Whether you agree with it or not, you need to understand what the logic was. In this case, people are being driven to become the extremists they want to use to justify what's happening. That's my opinion. He says that should be treated as as domestic terrorism, pure and simple. Pretty sure, plain and simple, but a report issued in September by the program on extremism at George Washington University found that white supremacists have been laser focused on conducting attacks on the energy sector during the last six years as a pretext for the anticipated collapse of American government and society. Anybody want to chime in on why in the world that's even remotely related to white supremacy or hate, racism, any of it? Does that affect one group more than the other? Like if you collapse American society, how is that a hate-filled racism thing? It's ha- it's affecting everybody. It's just childish how they try to force this in. The researchers cited Russell, of course, as an early example, because you can go through his past documentation, which talks about this exact point. Now, here is the Wikipedia post. Which is always doesn't mean that it's true, especially not on Wikipedia. Almost uh, these days might likely the opposite, but it, it tends to suggest mass adoption, which is the point about corporate media perception. Autumn Waffen Division, which is the group that he founded. Here's what it says Autumn Waffen members have also sought to train with, well, look at that, the Azov Battalion and the Russian Imperial Movement. Now, explain to me how that even makes sense. Right. Because the Azov Movement is aggressively anti Russian and openly white supremacist the russian imperial movement is this minuscule group of a few but like you can't even argue, and this is not because it's russian I, i'm not i've never argued that there's not an example of white supremacy in groups it's all over the world guys just like in russia the same thing in the united states now you could argue what what has a worse problem but just talking about this one group though n- no way to suggest that there isn't that kind of thing happening in russia the russian imperial movement is a stretch at best As Whitney's covered, it's a group that you can barely prove had maybe 10-plus people happening as it went to Donbass. That's it. And ever since then, they've argued that was the impetus for the rising international reach of the Russian imperial movement, RIM. Which is, in fact, something I feel was created to make it look like this was a connection to the Azov Battalion. So then when the Azov Battalion becomes the connection to all the stuff happening in the U.S., they draw the line back to Russia. Except you can show that the CIA has been openly funding the Azov movement since, or specifically here, I'll just grab this one. Not just Azov, the CIA has been funding the Azov Battalion, rather movement, since 1948 when it was the OSS. Documents prove this. Project Aerodynamic. Watch the show for yourself. There's, the CIA document is right in the show. right there if this is this is a cia document a cia.gov where it's literally talking about how they were funding fascists to be used against russia at the time obviously when it was in the beginning we're talking about soviet union it's the same game they did in afghanistan guys this is the extension of the same thing so the point is they're working together because they're on the same agenda guys so this the point is this is this is they're they're referencing things from 2020 you see, the game was different back then. I don't know why Wikipedia hasn't updated this. I'm sure they probably will once they see our show. But the point is that this is a connection between all of the same groups working in the same line. All they're trying to do is draw a line to Russia, which you could argue is a connection. But what you can prove beyond a doubt is all of this is tied directly back to the CIA. So the Autumn Waffen Division, they're now claiming is attacking things in the U.S., is tied back to a CIA-grown problem in Ukraine. This is the vanilla isis psyop. It says, in October 2020, Ukraine deported two Ottowafen members who tried to join Azov for inciting murders and terrorism. (laughs) Of course. Now, again, don't forget that Ukraine was in the early... There's discussions of when this was starting to come up. About the neo-Nazi problem, and before 2022, even the corporate media was covering it, and, uh, and and Ukraine was trying to kind of downplay that. They tried to act like people got removed, and oh, we tried to do our best, and but ultimately, you could prove that it never really happened. The worst people stayed in positions. Now, just on the right of the page, you can see right here: Allies, <laughs> Azov Battalion, Russian Imperial Movement, the base. Now, how do you bring all these together when we're, when all all except the Russian Imperial Movement are supposed to be like anti-Russian, essentially? Or I guess not the base, really. But the point, is, you can see today, the Azov movement is they're clearly anti-Russian. So how do you make sense of that? Here it says, according to an investigation by German uh, foundation, the, the Antonio Foundation, published in April 19, 2021, the members were acquiring Uzi submachine guns, the Atomwaffen Division, and had attended Azov training camps in Ukraine. Now, you know, you're going to see a lot of that, but a little bit less, probably none of the Russian Imperial movement overlap. I feel like the Russian Imperial movement is not even it could not even be real as far as I'm concerned other than a small example of it. I'm just saying that because the evidence does not seem to be there. But when you see the overlap to the Rise Above movement on top of all of it, Rim and Ram, right? The Rise Above Russian Imperial movement, Rise Above movement, they I think these are all tied back to the same game. And you will find these connections in here accused of being affiliated with the base the Ottawa Division, Bill uh, Bill Burrow had also previously talked about fighting with the Azab Battalion. This is one of the members involved with the Canadian origin Group in the Ottawaffen organization. Ottawaffen Division, Finland, according to Sora Magazine, some members have previously served, and they've previously served in the Azab Battalion. So now you're seeing their even personnel are overlapping. Right now, down here in their source material, you can see we need to talk about Azab, which is this one right here. This is from 2023. When it comes to racism and white supremacy, this country continues to be two-faced about Canada. While Trudeau's government denounces white supremacy, extremism at home, just like the U.S. government, it meets with them in the dark. Not even really in the dark, to be quite honest. Oh, actually, excuse me, 2022. It was archived in 2023. But as it says, check this out, Azov has cultivated a relationship with members of the Autumn Division, as well as the U.S.-based militants from the Rise Above movement. Now, that is the key here, guys. Autumn Waffen Division is directly affiliated with the Rise Above Movement, which was the beginning of the the white supremacy MAGA problem in Charlottesville. That's who the Rise Above Movement was. That's who's marching with those tiki torches, who you can prove is directly tied to the Azov Movement, who is cultivated and grown and funded by the CIA, which specifically is funded openly by Kolomoisky, who is the direct and prime funder of Zelensky. It's obvious if you just care to look at all the facts, but then you can find the tie directly to the rise above movement and the Azov. The point is, this is the game. None of this is anti, all of this is essentially connected to the same flow of money, funds, weapons, everything. Autumn Waffen Division has cultivated a relationship with the notorious AZA Battalion. There's another one. 26, 2022. With the current state of chaos in Ukraine and porous borders near Pol- Poland. Members of the Ottoman division and other neo Nazis will be welcomed with open arms and plentiful resources provided by the Azov Regiment. So, 2022. Okay, we're talking about the obvious. This is the beginning of you know we're talking about the beginning of the the Ukraine the, the Ukraine Russian War as it stands today, which is nothing if not Azov movement attacking and seeking out Russians right? The Muscovites, right? Okay, so then you can see Waffen at this point, working with the Azov Regiment. So how are you going to pretend the Waffen Division is in anything way tied to the Russians if they're working with the very group who's openly attacking them the most? According to Katz, U.S.-based militants from the new, def- the now defunct Rise Above Movement, along with members of the terrorist group Waffen Division, have been cultivated by the Azov. Okay, there you again, right there. You can see that the Rise Above Movement not only was part of them then, but they apparently, as of 2022 are now defunct, which it's probably because we called them out, not just us, but a lot of people, they've now just worked back into the Azov movement, right? It's the same thing. This is a nebulous group being funded by the U.S. government. Right here, it says it cooperates with the Azov battalion, which is banned on the territory of Russia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the Russian imperialist movement. How do you make sense of that, guys? It's, this is not what they think what you think it is if you listen to the corporate media, which the U.S. State Department. Estimates enables the training of white supremacists and neo Nazis in Europe. They want you to think the Russian imperial movement, imperialist movement, is tied to Russia. But they've invaded their groups, they've attacked them, they've tried to, you know, arrested these people, which doesn't prove it. They could, it could all be a big game there too. From neo Nazis like Automaton Division, also known as the National Socialist Resistance Front, which has sought military training with both the Azov, uh, both the Ukrainian Azov Battalion and the Russian Imperial Movement. That is 2023, guys. You just can't. That's, that's ridiculous. That is that is January 6th of this year. They're telling you that the Otto Division is working with both the Azov movement and the Russian imperial movement. So what that should tell you is what at least give you some kind of shifting. It should change your perception of what the Russian imperial movement actually is. I think that was it. One more on the right. No. Okay. So that's all on Wikipedia, guys. Please watch this show for yourself if you want to check this out and read this document. But here is a document from or a, a post from September 30th, 2019. White supremacy extremists extend reach from Ukraine to U.S. military. As it says here, just last week, two U.S. Army soldiers who had gone AWOL and allegedly met while fighting together in Ukraine were indicted for a murder in Florida. We've talked about all of this. Two of the U.S. United States' most prominent white supremacy extremist groups, the Adam Waffen Division. And the Rise Above movement count veterans of the Iraq and Afghan conflicts among their their members. So even back then in 2019, because this was the, if we hadn't exposed this, I argue, as the independent media, these things would have grown. Autumn Waffen Division, Russian Imperial Movement, they would have then connected these things with the Russian Imperial Movement and then laid that, and the base, by the way, and laid that at the feet of the Russian government, despite the fact that right now you can see that this is a, a construct. They're building this to make this look real. Again, that's my opinion, but I think most of this is being proven. Rise Above Movement members have trained overseas to Germany, Ukraine, Italy. Well, you know why that's interesting? I, f- I don't think I included this. I forgot. Uh, let's see. Um, verifiable. There it is. Beautiful. Get this out with my, oh, I'm glad this, this account hasn't been removed. There's a lot of tweets I put out that I like from this after hours live, the one I was using. This was just verifiable facts that's the general basis of you know four corners of this of this point. US Congress made sure in 2016 and then again in 2018 by the way that the Azov Battalion would for sure get US arms. In 2018 they passed the, the legislation that said you it was illegal to do so and then just did it anyway. And you can prove that right now. It is illegal on the face of on its face to give weapons to the Azov movement. It's literally by name mentioned as a no-go in US Congress in US legislation the law and yet they just do it anyway and even list if you can't like give it to one group then give it to them same point so these it's just that easy to prove this stuff CIA has then also trained them since 2015 on the record all the links are here for you to check out all of it as well the FBI verified that the Azov battalion is obviously neo-nazi that's long since been proven and is immersed in Ukraine's government and and this is the important one that those in Charlottesville are in fact their U.S. faction this is a Newsweek article, just pointing out that they have multiple arms all around the world. This was in 2022, or yeah, 2022. Ozawa's political wing, it says, has gone international. They have a it's what's called a third party in Germany, Rise Above movement in America, and the what they have Casa Pound in Italy, and I believe plenty more than that as well. My point, though, is that those groups interestingly overlap with what we were just reading, right? Members in Germany, Italy. Look at that. See, this is the Azov movement, guys. That's what we're talking about. Rise Above member movements are just an arm of the Azov movement, and they're traveling to all of the Azov locations. It's not hard to see this stuff. They claim they're celebrating Hitler's birthday and uh, forge stronger organizational links with white supremacy extremists based in Europe. Brandon, Clint Russell, right there. Autumn Waffen Division. It's Interesting. Now here... They also mention the base, which I find very, very interesting. This one here, actually, we'll just do this one first. Here's the Ottenwaffen Division on the Southern Poverty Law Center. There's a lot in here about a lot of different things. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Oh, God, it's so irritating. Um... Trying to remember what it was that we searched for. I believe it was. Fuck. Excuse me. I just cussed. I shouldn't cuss. God, this drives me bananas. I'm sorry, guys. Give me a second. The Brandon. Man, that drives me so. I'm sorry. There was some important stuff in here. So we were talking about the Rise above movement, I believe. I don't know why that happens. I'm not even suggesting it's some kind of a manipulation. I just don't know why that keeps happening. I had this extensively highlighted with some really important stuff that I guess we're going to skip. Because I'm just, I'm blanking on what the, what there was, Something in here that directly tied back to what we were getting into. And I can't remember now. Oh, 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 oh. I think I remember now. Yes. Thank God. Okay. The base. So The point here is it says, uh, like some others. Let me do this real quick. Or not. Cool. There we go. Everything's just not working. Okay, so, like some other Autumn Waffen members work cl- that work closely with Neo-Nazi Accelerationist Network known as The Base, which, don't forget, we, we've, we've talked about it many times, is the group that is... this The guy who started this group is literally a former U.S. member, the member of the Department of Homeland Security, who had top-secret clearance. <laughs> we'll come back to that. It says, like Autumn Waffen Division, the now-defunct Neo-Nazi group, which this was... or is... 2015, right? So what's interesting about that is that I don't think that they argue it's defunct at this point. We'll come back to it, but regardless of whether it is or not, I argue these things were kind of being built and, and quietly being used. Like the Waffen Division, uh, it says that they w- this group, the base, which is founded by Ronaldo Nazaro, was also targeted for arrest by the FBI and Joint Terrorism Task Force in 2020. Let's see, it's weird. So why, how could it be defunct if they were trying to get them in 2020? But then let's go to the next examples. It says, just, yeah, just Autumn Waffen Division, individuals connected to the base throughout 2019. Autumn Waffen's de- affiliation with the base in the US represented one of its closest ties. <laughs> the two groups have not only commingled, they've also organized both in adjacent shared chat rooms, hosted peer-to-peer messages. The group's also strategized. Both the base and Autumn Waffen Division coexisted in a cooperative rivalry, basically driving recruiting efforts back and forth between the two. And the rest of the prominent Autumn Waffen members followed on the heels of the arrests of six people in January 2020 who had been involved with the base. So what does that sound like to you? Right? So suddenly this guy who used to work for the government, his people get swept up and then suddenly the main, the main members of Autumn Waffen Division get grabbed. Sounds like another kind of not honeypot necessarily, but like one of these manipulations where they're creating the false illusion of a white supremacy group to be able to bring down other groups. Now you may think that's good until you realize they're being used against you. Now here's the interesting part. Three of them were arrested in Maryland. We were just talking about Maryland and other weapons related charges while the other three were arrested in Georgia on conspiracy charges related to attempted murder. Okay. So the base is obviously overlapped. Now here's the base in general. As it says, the name of the base is the English translation of Al Qaeda. It's just kind of silly. You gotta, you gotta admit that's got that's a little too on the nose. So the, this former U.S. intelligence inter- operator moves to Russia and creates a white supremacy group and calls it Al Qaeda in English. <laughs> you got guy to think that's just. They almost want you to see that, I would argue, though it is unclear if the link was intentional as the two networks share no other similarities other than the U.S. government connections. You know, the base heavily draws inspiration from the Autumn Waffen Division. And neo Nazi manifesto written by James Manson and inspired the Autumn Waffen Division. The exact relationship between them both remains unclear beyond inspiration. The base's membership reportedly includes members of the Autumn Waffen Division and the far right group Eco Fascist Order. So it's strange they go out of their way to say the ba- their connections remain unclear, right? Except right down here is what it says August 2019, German Autumn Waffen Division member Lucas H., aka Derek, traveled from Germany where the other Azov movement arm is, to an Ottawa Division training camp with members of the base in Pennsylvania in the United States. The base referred to as training as a hate camp. (laughs) Really? Lucas stayed with Richard Tobin, who claimed to be an Ottawa Division leader on the East Coast and deputy leader of the base. Tobin reportedly plotted to kill a journalist shortly after the camp. So (laughs) clearly overlapped and related. Here it gets even more obvious. The base, Telegram, January 30th, 2022, says, quote, in that which has become several members of the base and our closest comrades of bottom division held a joint operation of winter survival training in our efforts to secure the existence of our peoples and the future for white children. Yeah, but but unclear their connections, though. <laughs> really? Like, this is my point. There's clearly an agenda and a narrative about how this is supposed to be presented, in my opinion. Here's the guy who owned who started the base. Effectively disbanded the group in March 2021, right? So but that makes sense then why they were going after 2020. So the point though, is they disbanded them in 2021, which is interesting because we've been calling this out since since around 2020-ish. He again took, well, Whitney has in, a, in the largest sense to be quite clear, since 2022 forward in the invasion is when this got refocused on for the most part. But it says he again took the more active role in promoting the base until February, 2022. Think about the timing until Russia invades Ukraine when he then announced he was immediately relinquishing all administrative responsibilities and control over the base. Okay, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security has confirmed he worked for the DHS between 2004 and 2006. He reportedly worked with the with the government in counterterrorism measures. Right. He had top secret clearance. He worked on he worked in multiple wars, Afghanistan, Iraq and so on. He then randomly marries a Russian woman and moves to St. Petersburg in 2018 and becomes a white supremacist. (laughs) Okay. Now, whatever happened since then, the point is these things have risen, ebbed, and flowed. But what we do know is that they are all connected to the CIA-grown Azov movement. I just don't know how that could be any more clear. And now we're being told that they're rising. Things are happening. And let's not forget, we just went over this on a recent show About this. I talked with Whitney and I I had a great talk about this. This is building. We've already seen them try to blame Russians in general for funding what is the Nazi element in Ukraine. Let me grab it right here for you. I've got to go further back. If you guys haven't noticed, by the way, I updated the bar here. I to subscribe. You got T Lab Substack, social medias, all our links. But then you got the T Lab team with all that's where all the stuff up here used to be, with all their breakdowns. I got to add Matt Arrett here now since Matt's writing for the website. But going to my show, Daily Wrap Up. Got clips and everything else you see. Videos. Let's go to the links. And I'll include the last two and then we'll go over to the COVID stuff. Let's see. Which one was it? Right here. Oh, no, that's not it. Whitney and I talked about the the Russian imperial movement. I believe that was the one. Yeah, here's the one that Whitney and I talked about where the Russian imperial movement literally is the group that they call out for the Spain the attack in Spain. And we, we it's equally ridiculous. We equally went through this and, and just called out what this was. But then we also talked about, or I talked about on one of my shows, how they were already beginning to call out Russia. For no joke, for supporting and financing the Ukrainian, excuse me, the Nazi presence in Ukraine. You know, the presence they moments ago said were completely fake. The point is, this is obviously building, and you have to understand where this all comes from. Who has grown this thing and what they're going to do with it? Now, look further on the website if you want more on this, because I've been screaming about this. Now, Whitney and I are probably going to connect on more of this as well. But this brings us to an interesting overlap. There's a Maryland bill, which that doesn't have to prove anything, right? Yeah, Whitney Webb for those in the chat it's just interesting that, you know, you tend to see these kind of things when you're looking at this stuff day in, day out, you know, Maryland bill. Now, my only thought on what may, if there is any connection, I'm just guessing into this. I, I don't, I wouldn't suggest that we could prove any of this at all, but if you were going to try to think why there would be a connection, this seems to set up a situation where you have a lot of people who are really, Oh, for those in the podcast, Maryland bill will let healthcare providers vaccinate children without parental consent. Now, you know how, one, how concerning this is for people that truly understand what is in this injection. Now, what do you think would happen to somebody who gets, who right now, let's say they can't pay their bills. Let's say they, they lost their car because they couldn't pay the rent. Cause they, couldn't pay the, they couldn't pay for the, the car payment. Right, So they're literally at their lowest of low, and then all of a sudden their children are going to get injected and you can't do anything about it. That is how you create domestic terrorists, guys. They are literally trying to radicalize people by driving, and I'm not saying I agree with that at all. I'm simply, again, saying I can understand why somebody might get driven to that point when clearly they kind of want people to get unhinged. So that, you could argue, would be the beginning of some kind of an attack on a pharmaceutical company, a vaccine company, with none of which I'm even remotely suggesting, because I think that's exactly what they want from you. Then you could argue, and if it turned out to be a white supremacy group, well, that would kind of tie everything together, wouldn't it? I sure as hell hope that doesn't happen. That's just a thought. Now, this is really concerning alone without the connection. This is unnerving that this is even happening. We were, I was actually just talking about this with Jason. So again, as always, posted February 3rd and then updated February 5th, whatever that means. <laughs> probably change the whole damn article for all we know, a bill up for consideration in the Maryland legislature would allow healthcare providers to vaccinate children without their parent or guardian's consent. So long as they feel, feel, subjectively feel, the child is able to understand the benefits and potential consequences of getting vaccinated. So that means as long as that child can memorize what the news and media keep yelling at them, then they're good to go. <laughs> See how that works out? The problem here is that that doctor is not able to make a personal choice about this child's ability to make informed decisions. Why is the doctor an expert on mental capacity? You see my point? Like this is completely about just making sure injections of specifically COVID and growing into everything else can be given whoever at any time, whenever they want. But, but you know, they're not allowed to smoke a cigarette because that would be crazy. We can't let them drive because they can't do that. We can't let them join the military because they don't understand what that means. But yes, let's allow them to take an injection. Let's allow them to alter their body for the rest of their life when they're 10 years old, when they're five years old. Let's give them hormone-changing pills. This is madness. Not because I don't have different opinions on whether people could make their own choices, but because we all understand that the basic point is that children do not have the mental capacity to understand the consequences of their actions. But yet we just pretend this one's different. Think about how dumb that is. I mean, these these people are going to be held accountable. I don't see how it's possible that they won't. Maybe that's wishful thinking. But either way, this is the what is really happening. Click here. Here's the basically the uh, you could sign here to push back against this. Click now to say kids must not be vaccinated without their parental consent. Here is the actual bill. Hearing 222, 1 p.m. Effective date June first, twenty twenty three. So you know where this is going to be effective, or when, providing that minors who are at least fourteen years old. So I mean, so even right there, why not thirteen? What's what's the what's the scientific or mental capacity difference of a thirteen-year-old and a fourteen-year-old, or fourteen and fifteen? What happens at fifteen years old? What happens at fourteen that suddenly makes you able to understand this? Yeah, you get my point. It's completely arbitrary. They just decide, right? Now, I'm probably going to end up being... Like, here's also the point, by the way. There's endless examples of these pharmacists and so on injecting children anyway that, that come in on their own. Examples of children being brought in by other people and nobody cares. I mean, it's everywhere because of how... What an obvious psychological manipulation all this is. But it says, who are at least 14 years old, have this... Providing that minors are at least 14 years old, have the same capacity as an adult, to consent to vaccination. I mean, all you're really saying here is that we're just deciding now that children who are 14 and older now then suddenly have capacity that we said before they didn't because we think vaccination is important. Authorizing minors under the age of 14 to consent to vaccination under certain circumstances. And what does that mean? Oh, the well, danger. Emergency, risk, the flu, the cold. The cold is especially bad this year. That's special. That's all it's going to mean. Whenever they want to hype what they should need, then they are suddenly able to understand. That's my opinion. And providing that the capacity to consent does not include the capacity to refuse vaccination for which a parent has given consent. I mean, that is the obvious red flag. These people just have to have their cake and eat it too. Like you couldn't just write it and argue that children at this stage with this specific thing could have capacity, which is dumb in its own right. But no, you had to go so far as to say, well, what happens if they disagree with their parents? Well, we can't let them say no to the vaccine. Well, then we'll write in that that they can't say no if their parents make them do it. But if they disagree and want to do it, well, that's okay too. As long as they get the vaccine, guys, that's all that matters. You understand? How do you misunderstand that? I mean, if the whole point the whole premise is they have the ability to understand the choice. They have the capacity, the mental understanding. But then somehow they don't understand why they should get it if they don't want it. How does that possibly make sense? These people are ridiculous. And these are the people deciding that your children are going to be forced in some cases. This is, the, this is where we are, guys. I mean, I've never seen a better example of 1984. What we just said and this clip. I mean, this clip is unnerving that this sullen little child is going to sit there and decide for you what you're allowed to say. I mean, how unnerving is that? And what he actually says here is about the most Orwellian thing I've seen to date.
2: Again and again, we saw the speech of a small number of abusive users drive away countless others. Unrestricted free speech, paradoxically, results in less speech, not more.
3: Right. Got it? So because these children are unable to use the block button, they run fleeing from Twitter and hide and cry in a corner. Oh, no. Who cares? And I'm not saying that it's not a problem to be reflected on, like bullying and whatever else. But are we really pretending that grown adults are unable to manage their own engagements on a social platform to the point to where they ran away and that's enough to censor everybody else? I mean, my God. I mean, I don't see why anybody thinks that's even rational. But these kind of people have the political momentum. Oh, and by the way, this is the Yule Roth character from, from Twitter. The one that used to work for Twitter, right?
2: ...drive away countless others. Unrestricted free speech, paradoxically, results in less speech, not more.
3: How do you even explain that? Like, okay, I don't care if, you, if half the platform runs away. If they're not on the platform, there's not, they're not even, you can't factor them in. Like, so you can't pretend that there's some unknown factor of people that, were, that used to be there. You could make that number whatever you want. I mean, I'm sure you could look into the system and find what people have left. My point, though, is if you have unfettered speech on the platform than anybody on the platform has completely unfettered speech. There's not less speech. There's more speech. There may have less people engaging in free speech. This is a game of words. They're acting like u- ubiquity. They As long as everybody's able to engage, that's all we need. That's not the truth. That's not free speech, which includes freedom of reach, Elon Musk. That is control, and that is acting like if everybody gets their say, like acting like everybody gets to be involved, everyone gets a blue ribbon, you all get your participation ribbons, that's the point. But you don't actually have control. You don't actually have control over your own future. It's the collective that does, and that's driven by the controlling factors, no matter what they tell you.
2: And it was our job in trust and safety to try to strike an appropriate balance. But the yeah. importance of this work but goes far around. beyond Twitter's business prospects and into the realm of national security. In 2017, I led the team at Twitter that uncovered significant interference in an American election by agents of the Russian government.
3: You hear that? We're, we're, we're going right back to Russiagate here. You realize how many times that's been shown to be comically not true? Like, I'm not saying that the Russian government is not actively trying to do that, or that there weren't small examples of them seeding the U.S. conversation with Wake up, guys. Facts. Now, I'm not saying that's not also things that they didn't also spread false things. I guarantee they did. But the thing, that, well, here's the best part. What they take most issue with is when Russia shows you the truth. Let that sink in. In no way does that mean that's most of the time either. See, that all what people love to assume out there today. Let's just pretend Russia gives you 99% fake information. The U.S. government still takes issue with the ones that are true. What does that show you? Think about WikiLeaks and everything else. But here we are arguing arguing that they saw Russia influence. Them. But ask yourself this. Let's, let's pretend Roth, y- Yul Roth here is able to discern between high level manipulations like Vault 7 kind of stuff. Right. So how do we know that's not the CIA acting as Russian influencers on Twitter and they see it and go, "Ooh, look, Russia's doing this self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, I'm not saying again that I think Russia is not. I think all of the governments are. My point is what they're probably pointing at is probably another psychological operation. The very least, I don't think we can argue that this person or the team they have there would be able to discern between high level, like the highest technological advancement kind of, you know, like we talk about Vault 7 where they could they could literally operate technologically speaking, their digital footprint would look like it was Russia. Let's not forget how important that is. So why wouldn't that be this? Or at least, why couldn't it have been?
2: Their mission was to stoke culture war issues on social media to try to further divide Americans.
3: Sounds like the U.S. government's agenda.
2: My team and I exposed hundreds of thousands of these accounts from Russia, but also from Iran, China, and beyond.
3: Or so Vault 7 told him, you know, right? Just consider that possibility. Like, we know that's there. So it probably played some role. Could have been all of it for all we know. It's amazing that we don't consider this
2: stuff. It's a concern with these foreign interference campaigns that informed Twitter's approach to the Hunter Biden laptop story. In 2020, Twitter noticed activity related to the laptop that, at first glance, bore a lot of similarities to the 2016 Russian hack and leak operation targeting the DNC.
3: Yeah, you know, the thing that didn't happen. <laughs> the Seth Rich situation that they want you to think was Russia. Like, this is sad I mean, where are? Look at the people sitting behind them—dead faces. Like you're literally going to talk about free, like that free speech is suppression of speech, and everyone just doesn't even blink. (laughs) I mean, my God, it's crazy. The uh, this this is a clown world. This little world we're looking at is not even real. Most what we look at is the powerful and the people in elitist positions that are projecting what they want you to think the reality is. And we all engage with this like some shiny cat toy. It's, I, we're at a point now where I don't think the even left-right conversation is even remotely what they want you to think it is.
2: And we had to decide what to do. And in that moment, with limited information, Twitter made a mistake. Under the distribution of hacked material policy, the company decided to prevent links to the New York Post stories about the laptop from being shared across the service.
3: Yeah, we're sorry. It was just a mistake to stop you from seeing the thing that we really didn't want you to see. Oops.
2: I've been clear that in my judgment at the time, Twitter should not have taken action to block the New York Post's reporting. And just 24 hours after doing so, the company acknowledged its error. But the decisions here aren't straightforward, and hindsight is 2020. It isn't obvious what the right response is to a suspected but not confirmed cyberattack by another government on a presidential election.
3: I mean, what, see, this is the conflation of the, what are you talking about? A cyber attack? Are you literally conflating the post of material with a cyber attack? Like, Because here's the point. They're pretending that the material was gained through some kind of nefarious attack. That's not true. At the very best, that's what they claim is the case. But either way, we're talking about this. Why would Twitter have any involvement in stopping the flow of true information no matter where it came from? It's true information. Regardless of that, the point is that people can put false information out there. That's also free speech. You should not be in the business of suppressing speech at all. That's it. So the bottom line is he's arguing by not doing so that we're somehow losing speech? I mean, it's just about as clownish as it gets.
2: I believe Twitter erred in this case because we wanted to avoid repeating the mistakes of 2016. (laughs) And so the basic job of trust and safety is to try to strike this balance between the harms of restricting too much speech and the <laughs> dangers of doing too little. I'll be the first to admit that we didn't always get it right. Even rare mistakes add up when you're carrying out content moderation at the scale of hundreds of millions of unique posts per day.
3: That's quite an understatement, right? Like, let's just take the New York Post, Post for example. You know how much like, money, engagement... Everything was lost because that just be just their one post, because they probably have the most engagement on Twitter or any number of things, the reach of the topic, what happened because of that topic, what would have maybe happened with the laptop and people maybe getting held accountable for it. I mean, you can't even map the potential reach that had even for one day. Just the same thing with Google. We have to realize how incredibly valuable it is to control the flow of information. As Corbett said a long time ago, data is the new oil has been for a long time they just don't want you to know that or it's too late now really
2: while i was head of trust and safety at twitter i strove to do this work with impartiality and with a commitment to the fair enforcement of twitter's written rules
3: as long as it aligns with this politics of course
2: but whether it's me or elon musk or someone else in the future someone will have to make choices about the governance of online spaces
3: that's not true what but- well, see this is the false argument why do you have to decide what people can say well we used to pretend that was an i was a tenant of this country and now it's just like we can't allow people to be mean to each other my god now yes that's also an understatement but the point is that there is an absolute there's a line when you talk about absolute free speech and that does come along with some pretty untasteful distasteful things
2: Those decisions should not be made behind closed doors or based on personal whims. But they still will be. I hope that we can work together to find ways to bring greater trust and transparency to social media. And I look forward to answering the committee's questions about any of these topics to the best of my ability.
3: Just crazy. And as I said, war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. New normal. Kind of mind blowing, guys. Now, here's just another example, by the way, of just I'm going to go into this mass topic at some point. I keep saying that even today I had it all lined up and I'm like, God, I just just feel like we've beaten this mass topic so badly to death that it's at some point that's going to become relevant again. Like this conversation article just came out arguing that, yes, they do stop transmission, even though these science studies say otherwise. (laughs) Oh, my God. Thank you, corporate news. Challenging the peer reviewed science. Like It's just so stupid. These people are ridiculous. Just like this person, for example, Dr. Ian Copeland, Ph.D., I just if you really want to have a good laugh, listen to them talk in these spaces. It's it's embarrassing. Anti-vaxxers say masks don't protect against respiratory viruses. <laughs> laugh out loud. <laughs> it's just a snoop like what's with all the ridicule. And it, it good, good for him. He was he showed some restraint today. He didn't use seven of them in a row like he usually does. Laugh, 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 laugh. It's just so crazy. They talk over everybody and they won't let people speak. It's like it's just, you know, it doesn't mean that they're not a PhD. But, you know, just because people go through these processes does not mean that they're, you know, intelligence is one thing. But in general, like, you know, there are people that I know that I've, I've brought up in the past that are supposedly PhDs, which are some of the most crude, crass, ignorant people that I know. Or should I know that I've come in contact with just really dumb people despite having the PhD. Right. Whatever you, you whatever you want to make sense of that. for. The point is, is OK, I'll bite if that's true. What's funny, though, is <laughs> I've shown you like, look, I, you can argue that it's not true. But to pretend like it's like laugh out loud—that's there's peer reviewed studies that very clearly find that. I'll show you one next, by the way. Andy Vaxer say, "So did you even do your research?" But he goes, "I'll bite." (laughs) If that's true, then why did an entire influenza strain go extinct due to lockdowns and masks? That is called a straw man. Are we even talking to, so now you're pointing at over here, why did this influenza strain disappear? I don't know, Bud. it could have been a thousand different possibilities. Maybe one of them could have been masking, but we're going to go and assume that because you laughed out loud, right? But the masks don't work. Why? Because this influenza strain was extinct. So we're told, right? What, according to surveillance from the CDC, good, good thing you're trusting the CDC, right? But here's the point, guys, you already know this. This is why I was like, I, this is, it's just, I'm, I feel like we've already beaten this down. This is a real huge study from the Cochrane Review. I mean, real, comma, huge study. And even, even one of the people involved with this from the Cochrane Review is a huge, wildly high respected outlet platform, has even had interviews now where he's speaking out about how broken the system is. The masks literally provably, verifiably do not have this effect. And everyone just keeps going. All of these laugh out loud PhDs are going, you guys are so dumb. Why did this disappear then? Here's the point. I don't know how you can dismiss this. As this article said, if you've seen it already, the pooled results of 78, 78 different random controlled trials, not observational studies, not some subjective side point about how this influenza strain vanished, but maybe could have been for other things, or not some conflation study where they use hand-washing, distancing, and mass and pretend that it all worked together. 78 gold standard, highest level study random controlled trials, All, I mean, almost all of them peer reviewed did not show a clear reduction in respiratory viral infection with the use of medical surgical masks. Additionally, there were no clear differences between the use of medical surgical masks compared to N95s. You know what that means? There was not a statistically significant reduction in transmission. What does he say? And say masks don't protect against viruses, which so transmission, right? Nothing. They do not have a statistically significant effect. Not ND5s, not medical, not cloth, especially cloth masks directly influence and increase your risk of infection, according to an NIH study from 2015. And I also include this, by the way, for all those that yelled and bleated about how the original COVID or CDC study that said influenza like illness and the mask did not have statistically significant effect. in, re- Yeah, they, that's not COVID. Well, yeah, it was, though. And that's why ILI was used in a general sense, which now they include ILI slash COVID, because that's what the ILI meant. It's a con- it's a generalized term, influenza like illness, which, yes, includes COVID. But all the people that thought they were super intelligent because they thought that anything anti-vax was bad or whatever. The point is, this was always very clear going back to the original. I mean, since I'm pointing at it, I'll grab it real quick. But I I, I am really going to do a larger kind of all encompassing review of the science, the mask information at some point. Where was that? There it is. This is the CDC post that I I covered this in twenty. This May twenty twenty, I covered this right when this came out. And the main crux of the point, again, in twenty twenty, by the CDC, this massive systematic uh, this um, a meta analysis where it says right here, face masks. Oh, looks. You know what I almost positive they added stuff to this i have to come back to this (laughs) it's way longer than it was before i love it how is that even possible how can they add stuff to an old study? jesus these people are dishonest anyway this point seems to be the same in pooled analysis we found no significant reduction in influenza transmission with the use of face masks down here again it says the overall reduction of influenza-like illness in the face mask group was not significant in either of the studies They had seven household studies, one all these different kinds. None of the household studies reported a significant reduction in secondary laboratory confirmed influenza. Most studies were underpowered, and then uh, there's plenty more. It's very clear. The point is they did not have an effect. And now I'm just pointing at this, saying COVID the same way. Wearing masks in the community probably makes little or no difference to the outcome of COVID-19-like illness compared to not wearing masks. Now what's funny, people chiming in. Because, you know, this PhD guy is yelling and screaming and laughing at everybody and deriding people. And weird how when you post the kind of mic drop statement of how 78 random controlled trials didn't have an effect. Weird how he doesn't respond, right? This, this, this one was funny. This guy says, the moment when you're feeling super PhD smart and then T-Lab pops into the comments. <laughs> which I'm not trying to say I'm smarter than PhDs, but I just think it's a funny point. Either way. That is an important point here. Right? We were talking about the idea of forcing cons- with you know, consent and the whole point. And the 1984 style manipulations, I mean, my God, if you need, don't look further, any further, if you want to see something than that right there, this should have ended this when the first one came out, 78, and we're still going, they're still going. Now, one point on the emergency use authorization that I think is important to include, as the chief nerd just points out, we just talked about this. I was just going over the up-to-date government docs that literally say the opposite of what he's going to say down here. And we, we just went over this. Remember, you we, if you've watched it, I watched the show, make sure you watch this first. The point is that they, it says the the fact that the New York times claims they plan to end both of them. Cause there are different. You have, you have, which I don't really truly understand why they're different. But the point is you have a, an HHS level of emergency that then allows them to, to operate all these, these Ways for vaccines and whatever else. Then you've got the large national one. Now the point is the New York times literally said both were going to come to an end. So what then? Yet another definition change, but in regard to much larger piece of the manipulation, the EUA. They're essentially changing what that means. Here he is saying that emergency use authorizations never end. I mean, really? How does that even logically make sense? Like, how can you have an emergency authorization if there's not an emergency? Here's what he says Oops, that's the wrong one. Oh, you know what? Nope, that's not it. Oh, I I see what I did. Looks like I I downloaded the same video twice. Hold on, let me grab this for you guys. This, if you guys remember, we just talked about, and we have been talking about the emergency use authorization, the 90-day cycle, the overlap, and what that means and how it's supposed to be renewed. The point is they're different. And so one of them, they're going to be ending. But they argue the other one is going to continue. But even in the New York Times article, they wrote about this and said that both of them were going to be coming to an end. Here it is. And here he is saying that essentially they just never do.
0: And Dr. Caleb. Our effects are also a little modest because our EUAs are independent of the public health emergency, so we can keep them going as long as we need to. We've been preparing the industry since day one to be ready for the transition We'll put a federal register notice out about exactly how to make the transition as these products go to routine use and not no longer used uh, on an emergency basis.
3: Right. And so my point was that I showed you the actual documentation. I went over the, F- the FDA and the CDC, and it says very clearly, very clearly, especially going back to the document. Watch the show from yesterday, uh, going back or the day before yesterday, going back to the document from before, I think it was 2015, and it says very clearly that the very emergency they're talking about the very one that they're going to be ending needs to be in effect for them be to for them to be able to match to, to issue these now, i'm talking about i'm not conflating the two I understand i went into this clear yesterday and i read and there's no way around it it seems like what they wrote and very clearly outlined and the update that they added to the FDA website is why they're now saying it can never end so it's <laughs> thank you to chief nerd by the way as he keeps pointing this out Or keeps doing good work in general, but here's this show. If you want to check it out for yourself, there. The point is that the the I've been calling this out from the beginning is the moment the emergency ends. Well, the emergency use authorizations were supposed to dissipate, but if they can argue they go on forever, well, they the why do we even need an approval process, guys? Explain that to me. Why does an approval process even matter if you can just emergency use authorization forever? Because you realize there are ongoing states of emergency everywhere, all the time. Whether it's a Hurricane or the opioid crisis, these things have never stopped. There are national emergencies that have always been going for decades. I, I go over that page all the time. The opioid crisis is the most obvious. So there's a state of emergency. There you go. So you, you can keep it going. And let's pretend like they even care about the law. Now, in the interest of time, I'm going to skip this little quick video. This is just, it's the time to move on from COVID. Here's what health experts say. And they're simply talking about how we need to move, uh, you know, that it's over. It's time to move on. The problem, though, is that this does not line up with anything that they're talking about today. They're literally saying, "Hey, children don't need to have vaccines to go to school now. Well, great. They never should have. The point is, why do you argue that's suddenly no longer a problem? What's now different than it was two months ago that you were screaming has to happen or we're all going to die? Clearly, the, the rolling out of the rolling down of the narrative. Some at some level of this agenda, they said, OK, we're going to taper down. And they just did. Why? What's the science behind that? Why Why are they now suddenly no longer? Because it was never dangerous for them is the point. But what's interesting to me is what we're now beginning to see is how truly dangerous the supposed solution was from the beginning. This is cr- pretty, pretty crazy to me. This is from karger.com, a case report. Ocular surface erosion. Actually, I forgot about that. I wanted to see what that even was, really. It sounds kind of self-explanatory, but I wanted to look up what, you know, what like the pages might say about what ocular surface erosion might be. Ugh, that's creepy. There's ocular surface erosion. That doesn't look fun. So ocular, your eye surface erosion after suspected exposure to evaporated COVID vaccine. This is 2021. Like, why wouldn't September, December? Why wouldn't we have heard about this? The purpose to the report, the purpose is to report ocular surface erosion of health personnel, health personnel who were exposed to evaporated CoronaVac, which is BioNTech, during the vaccination campaign. A campaign for CoronaVac vaccination was conducted in a close space of 11 by 5 meters, I believe, particu- partially divided into six different rooms with interconnected areas among the rooms. Single vaccination center, right? On the third day of campaign... Oh, a total of 20 health personnel worked there. On the third day of campaign, a vial containing a single dose of 0.5 milliliters, that's it, one dose of the vaccine, so it's not even the full vial, guys, was dropped accidentally onto the floor and broken by an administrative nurse. A total of 15 of them had symptoms and signs of ocular surface erosion. This within hours. Think about that. Uh, And then it's where uh, erosion at the average time from incident to onset of of 10, 10, uh, what does that say? 10 to seven hours, 10.2 plus seven hours. Not sure what that stands for, but, you know, so some hours, basically, within a day. Four personnel had skin rashes. My God. I mean, just, I mean, we're talking, so in one case, you've got 75% of people just being in the area, having whatever we call ocular erosion, which does not look like a small thing. And then almost 25% of them had skin rashes just from being in the same room as a, as a vial that was dropped A part of it, right, or either a partially full vial that was quickly swept up and put in the garbage can. And hours later, you have rashes on your body. I mean, really? Are we really going to pretend that doesn't translate to what it did in your body? That seems really intense. These personnel included all 13 persons who already worked in the rooms when the accident occurred and continued for an additional four to six hours, and then two personnel who presented in the rooms one to two hours after the accident. Think about that. So they dropped it, only 0.5 milliliters, wiped it up, put it in the garbage can, and two hours later, two people walked in and stayed around for a couple of hours and had ocular erosion and rashes. Two hours later, this is what they talked about in the original trial's When they talked about exposure, when they talked about air that, you know, in uh, via eyes, skin contact with pregnant women. Remember that? And they tried to pretend like that's not this is what this was. They knew about this, guys. Now, it says caution should be taken to avoid broken vials, spills and aerosolization of the BioNTech CoronaVac during the vaccination. Think about that, guys. Uh, So Sinovac BioNTech right there. And this was at a place in Thailand hospital. uh, However you say that hospital in Thailand. I think there was one other thing down here. So it says SARS-CoV-2 vaccines are considered safe with few systemic adverse events to the recipients. Can you believe that they still say that? I mean, just think about what has been straight, like proven. I mean, we have a British medical journal article that British medical journal article that says they would provide they if you if given at a mandate scale would be a net harm. That's that is high level. I believe it was random controlled trial or no, that wasn't. It was just a peer reviewed study, and it's I mean net harm. So you're giving them to everybody, and across the board, you'd walk away going that was bad for everybody, <laughs> at least generally speaking. And yet, what this is what they say there considered safe with very few adverse events. I mean that's not just incorrect, that's a blatant lie. Now it says we recommend the following. Vaccination should be in an open air open air area. So you mean like not inside of a Walmart or not inside of a Walgreens or not inside of a Waffle House? Yeah, gee, what do you know? Two, we should we should be taking taken in preparation of the vaccine. Oh, excuse me, care should be taken in preparation of the vaccine. Three, consider Wearing protective clothing and eye protection for vaccination staff. That is not because of COVID-19, guys. Meticulous cleanup of any spills and immediate removal of all absorbed and rinsed vaccine material. This sounds like a bioweapon. Conclusion. We report on, on a spill of CoronaVac, which was followed by a cluster of adverse events to proximal healthcare personnel. We recommend caution during vaccine handling and fastidious cleanup of any spills. How in the world is this not supposed to translate to what this would do in your body? That's scary as hell. This sounds like, I mean, taking it back to the beginning, chemical bio overlap, guys. This is a very alarming reality. These things are dangerous. We know that, but I'm talking like the kind of dangerous that we haven't even considered if it's just broadly giving you rashes, like maybe here's another consideration. Maybe when it goes into your body, it does something different. But when it's aerosolized and you breathe it in, maybe that's when it becomes the bioweapon. Just a thought. and or, or the shedding and all we're talking about. Which I mean, I'm literally just thinking off the top of my head here, guys, but that, I, it's certainly possible. But here's one thing to realize that regardless of what the, how that's playing out, we know being injected, it's still killing people. It's still hurting people. Here's a really important F, uh, uh, um, S or evolution of this story in regard to blot gate helene badoon Who, by the way i'm glad i'm following her she's the one that was that put out that one study that dr peter McColl was pointing out we have the west she says we have the western blots the real ones from the transfected cells that is mentioned in the rolling review busted let's go look at that and jessica rose says yeah remember we just talked with jessica rose phd blot gate, and the unknown risks of truncated spike proteins. Saying truncated spike protein twenty January 27th. Now it's starting to become a conversation, just always demonstrating our value to being ahead of the stories. Now, she also responds by saying, uh, th- this person says, I don't understand. Should there be only one strip correlating with the, control, with the spike control on right? She says, but it's also not the right size. It's meant to be 67.5. So even the ones they show you there's something wrong, but my point is the original point. Like, let's not forget what they put out as what they claimed were their, were their Western blots. For those that don't understand, please watch the show so you understand. And this is new to me, too. And I, I'm speaking to these experts about what this is. These are West, they're called Western blots. They're supposed to represent the spike proteins. So, I mean, there's a lot more to it than that, but that's the easiest way to represent this right now. What What they usually look like is like this. Like these images up here, they're sporadic, they're, they're different, they're, they're just different in general. Because that's how natural biology would work. But when this Pfizer wants to show you their blots, not only are they exactly the same, they consistently repeat as the same. Every expert's like, that's ridiculously, that's impossible. So the point is, it turns out that they got caught now. Because we now apparently have the real ones from their own posted material that got leaked. And guess what? Nothing's going to happen. This is the kind of real thing I'm talking about while we're pointing at a balloon in the sky. Check this out. So here is the the post oh, right here. BioNTech. It's their report. This is from 2020. You can see the date right there on the side. Check this out. Here are their blots. Right in the middle, there is the BNT162B2. That is the Pfizer Western blot. Western blot analysis for the BNT one to look at that, guys. So ask yourself how then this makes sense. It doesn't. They're lying to you. Now, they claim it was machine produced, but the point is experts are telling you that even if it was, which they still dispute, nobody anywhere in the field ever uses machines to do this for viable work. They do it for examples. And never in history has machine, the, the, the manufactured versions of them been used as examples for studies to go forward. So the point is that even if they had done the machine, that would not be considered viable. So however you look at this, they're busted. They are lying to you. Now realize how concerning this is, because if this is what they want you to think the spike proteins are how they would be represented, what you're actually getting is that. So that means that they're incomplete or not correct. They could be, I, I honestly, I'm not even going to try to pretend that I know as, as, as uh, Jessica Rose even said, the, the problem is that we, nobody knows what happens to you. If you get a truncated spike protein, or I was going to, what I was going to say was, or longer, I guess just seems like a logical point. And if it's, if the problem here can make things alter again, see, this is me speaking, just guessing into it as I think it makes sense, but I'm not the scientist. This is why I, I refer to people like Dr. Jessica Rose, Dr. Benoon. Either way, this is what they're showing in their actual report that we didn't get to see, that was only seen because it got leaked, and this is what they put out into the world. That's a huge deal. And that's why these experts, PhDs, both of them, are calling this out and saying that they're caught. Not only that, though, she's also pointing at these and saying that there's also a problem. (laughs) Think about that. But either way, guys, check out this show because it's really important to listen to what Jessica Rose had to say about this. Very intelligent expert. Bottom line, though, oh, man, that was weird. Did you see that? See, this is, so I'm pretty convinced now that this is the app. I need to find a new app. Sorry, Everbright. if that what called? I forget. You're no longer working for me. In any case, I think I remember what I had outlined here. Let's watch. This one will disappear too. Watch. Oh, no, it stayed. Good. All right, well, this is a report from the BMJ. And actually, you know what? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna skim this real quick because I do have some I have an, an interview I'm gonna be doing in half an hour and I wanna get some time out of this before or a little bit in between. The point is the EMA COVID nineteen data leak and what it tells us. So this is discussing the information we have. This is March 2021. The point is that the information only just got revealed to a bunch of people through these kind of avenues. There are a lot of people that have access to this. Oh, the bottom line, now I'll just I'll relay it to you. Read this for yourself. Apparently, an, a, a hackers got hold of Pfizer's data and then got it in front of a lot of people, for instance, like the British Medical Journal. They were unable to, to confirm or, or get in touch with any of these hackers, but the information has been shown to be correct. And now that, that's why it's being put in front of journalists and now it's being reported. And this is the British Medical Journal discussing that this is happening. The point was they're acknowledging problems with the spike protein. The EMA went back and forth with Pfizer and they seem to have never proven that it was working and they just accepted it and went forward. Overall, the problem is that there's clearly something wrong and that they're trying to hide from us these problems. Read it for yourself. The mRNA, uh, where was it? I was going to read the last part. Moderna's chief corporate uh, affairs officer declined to respond to comments about this. None of them did really. The shortage of information may reflect a lack of certainty. Even among the regulators, they don't really know what's happening. But yeah, oh, just read it for yourself. The bottom line is we're being lied to. It all relates to this data right here that you can read. The entire This is the entire leak coming from the European Medicine, or Medicines Agency and all the information that they got leaked out. This is the paper right there you can see. Where they're lying to people. And seemingly nobody cares, not the government, not the regulatory agencies. So, what are we supposed to do? How do average people deal with that? Right? We continue to inform ourselves and we don't acquiesce to their demands. There's probably the guarantee there's more action to take, but that's where we begin, right? We to act out in violence against them is what they want from you right now. That's my opinion. But as we're talking about these spike proteins, right? The very things they're lying to you about as well as the fact that these very injections themselves seem to be able to aerosolize and, and do damage to people. The CDC itself just went on the record saying that the, C, that the spike protein it produces is harmless. Harmless. I mean, that, that's it's like they just don't care anymore. Aaron Siri points out, the CDC considers the spike protein harmless. Quote, after vaccination, the mRNA will enter the muscle cells. No, it'll enter your bloodstream. Of course, we've proven that as well. Once inside, they use the cell's machinery to produce the harmless piece of what they call the spike protein. Oh, harmless. It's harmless. No, it's not. It's verifiably not harmless. And the point is, I just to show you what they say in this post. Uh, or not. Same deal. Okay, not to keep bugging you guys with it, but so we'll see if I can find what I had highlighted. The main points were they do not affect or interact with your DNA. That's completely false. Like, I mean, in every possible... They're not even talking about, uh, like, transcript. They're, this, they're not saying it doesn't even interact with their DNA. Are, seriously? This is gene, genetic manipulation. I mean, how ridiculous these people are. But it says, oh, that was the best part, is guess where it says harmless? Well, you have to to do this down. You try and search for it, you're not going to find it. Oh, it's right there. I see. It's in this down, that wasn't there. See, and it says, after vaccination, the mRNA will enter the blood, the blood, the muscle cells once again in the cells machinery to produce a harmless piece of what's called the spike protein. I can't even believe they can get away with stuff like that today. It shows you that there's nobody on our side. The spike protein in the government, I would say, the spike protein is found in the surface of the virus that causes COVID-19. After the protein piece is made, our cells break down the mRNA and remove it, leaving the body as waste. Not really. I mean, it's supposed to work that way. It's not what's happening though. Next, our cells display the spike protein piece on the surface. Our immune system recognizes the protein does not belong there. Now here, here's the point where they're telling you the truth. Now the problem is if it only, only worked that way, that might work. Maybe. But that's not the point. It's not how it works. It doesn't only do one in one place. It continues. It goes around your bloodstream. It falls into all the organs. Then what happens is your body starts attacking your body. That's what's happening. This triggers your immune system to produce antibodies and activate your other immune cells to fight off what it thinks is an infection. Yes, but what if your whole body is overrun with the spike protein? What happens then? They don't want to think about that. It says, this is what your body might do if it got sick with COVID-19. Right, well, what you're doing. You are getting sick. You are hurting your body and in many ways getting sick with exactly what they put in it. And here's the craziest part to me. At the end of the process, our bodies have learned how to help protect against future infections. That's not happening. That's literally the opposite of what they, right now they're even admitting, well, it doesn't translate, but they'll just keep saying it though, with the virus that caused COVID-19. I bet you what they're saying when they say that is the original Wuhan, which even then is not true, but who cares? The benefit is that people who get protection from a vaccine without ever having to risk the potentially serious consequences of getting COVID. You mean the completely not Serious, like by and large for 99.99% of people, not even remotely worse than the flu, but that, but you gotta take the thing that causes even higher risk of very much more severe problems just to avoid the flu. To avoid the serious consequences. Take the thing that gives you worse consequences. And then the best part, any, any side effect from getting the vaccine, just normal, period. Nothing else. Oh, really? So dying from myocarditis? That just shows you it's working. Got it. Thanks, CDC. Or how about just Bell's palsy? Is that supposed to be that it's working? They literally say any side effects. Death is a side effect. The point is, they just don't want you to think about that. This is how broken this thing is right now. And that's how easy it is to point this stuff out. Here, by the way, is circulation research. The the very study that we point at, we reference the Salk Institute. And yet again. SARS-CoV-2 spike protein impairs the endothelial function via downregulation H2. And it looks like this also lost the highlighting. Great. Okay. So I can find that pretty quick though. Right there. Point is, in the current study, we show that S protein, spike protein alone can damage vascular endothelial cells by downregulating H2 and consequently inhibiting mitochondrial function. Period. Period. Now that's not we're talking about the same the spike protein that the injections producing in your body. It's amazing that this is, that they don't want to regard this. This is by and large the problem. But you know we have mRNA lipid nanoparticles. These things are part of this as well. But all of this is converging to cause a lot of things. One of the most one of the most seemingly obvious, not the most, but one of, is cancer. Same thing we see all these. You know, health insurance people, or or, or morticians, or opt- whatever uh, um, coroners, telling us they're seeing things which get, which get dismissed. We're also seeing doctors, you know, specifically oncologists, going, we're overwhelmed with turbo cancers, cancers I've never seen before. Everywhere you look, but of course they're baffled. CNN's baffled. Guess what? You won't find a mention of in this article any kind of injection or even tangential conversation. Nope. Cancer is striking, they say. More people in their 30s and 40s. Because that's ever happened before? No, no. But what's the only difference? We're not going to talk about it. It must just be lockdown. You know, because all these children got cancer because they stayed at home? I mean, this is getting really bad. I mean, I don't mean bad because people... it's, It's about as bad as I've ever seen it. It's getting bad, their narrative. Like, pathetically, obviously, flagrantly bad. Here's what you need to know. February 4th. Now, what you'll notice, of course, it's all gone. Well, it's still there is no mention of getting injected in the context of of COVID-19 or anything. But what they do tell you is get vaccines for cancer. Get vaccinated. Two vaccines protect you against cervical and liver cancers and other from cancers such as melanoma. Right. You mean the injections that have adjuvants that literally cause cancer? Yay, go out and get the things. The point is that they won't mention anything about what could be causing the weird anomaly. Everything about this is just, oh, rise young people and they give you the abstract things they always point at. Well, you know, cancers have been rising for a while and we've got these other problems and in many ways pointing at things that moments ago were fake news. Like I've seen articles pointing at GMOs, for example, even though back then you weren't allowed to say that. Same game. I'm not saying I know for sure, but what I can't stop pointing out is how pathetic it is that these people will act like it's not the obvious possibility. You know, the thing that can obviously cause cancer. Dramatic rise in cancer in people under 50, the Harvard Gazette. Obviously, this is everywhere. Here is a great post from our T-Lab substack. Two turbo cancer. Doctors reports two-thirds of cancer's cases are now stage four after COVID injections. That's not just unprecedented, guys. That's like, (laughs) I can't even think of a word worse. than that. That That's catastrophic. That's like an instantaneous quadruple. I mean, we're talking about people that like they've never seen this kind of uh, in succession of people with even stage two or three. We're talking people that immediately are at stage four right after their injections. Two thirds of the cases. Every cancer person we've talked to is saying that this is like, like never in the history of their career have they seen this. The only thing that makes sense is the large, massive, and, and realize this is around the world. So you can't keep claiming this is like, oh, it's lockdowns. Well, not every country locked down, but every country that injected are all seeing the same problems. Make sure you sub- subscribe to the Substack; stack. Got a lot of good stuff coming there. And then you got the South self- Swiss policy research, which I've shown many times, COVID vaccines and cancer, talking about lymphocytopenia, immune dysregulation, and the studies that, reg- that point out that that exact problem exacerbates the problems of cancer. And many other things, by the way. And then we have, and, and this is just a bunch of peer-reviewed science that are oh, pointing at the connection at the very least. Not that it's everything, but you have to acknowledge that there's a connection that they're ignoring. And that says everything to me. Ancillary lymphodenopathy after COVID-19 vaccination in a woman with breast cancer. Rapid progression of marginal zone B cell lymphoma after COVID vaccination. COVID-19 mRNA vaccination induced lymphodenopathy mimics lymphoma progression. Rapid progression of angioimmunoblastic T cell lymphoma following COVID 19's mRNA injection. You know, on and on and on, guys. It's just because totally fake news. I guess CNN just missed all of that in their due diligence. What do you think? It's pathetic. Last point Daily Skeptic points out government refuses to investigate what's behind the thousands of excess deaths. They are just straight up putting their fingers in their ears. How do you acknowledge that as anything other than? not caring about you. They'll do anything, including exposing they don't care about you, to make sure the injection continues. That's what it seems like to me. Scary, guys. Scary reality. Well, plenty more coming your way coming up soon, guys, so make sure you stay tuned. Make sure you check out the Substack. Scott's doing some great work there. Make sure you check out uh, Autonomy. Check out Grand Theft World in general. They're doing really great work there. And as you know, they're supporting the show in general, so make sure you support them doing great work. Richard Grove over there is really knocking it out of the park. Especially the autonomy course in general, I think is really powerful. And, and in the in the show notes, you'll find my course. If you'd like to take my course on objectivity, you'll find it in there. Plenty of other ways to support us, including our cash app directly through the donation portal on the website. Any other ways? We we need your support, guys. We are not only growing, but we're you know we're punching above our weight class right now. We want to we want to pick up the pace. So help us do that. I love you all as always. Question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.